Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. Yes. This, this is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Well, it turns out that Democrats hate Israel. And I know that that's not a newsflash for you, but uh, they're being very, very vocal about it, including Susan Sarandon, the actress who's now no longer represented by a prominent talent agency in Hollywood because she's just so vitriolic in her hatred for the Jews. Democrats have a problem here. And Jordan Peterson actually sets it right. When he says, once again, the left is trying to side with the victims, and they have been led to believe it's the Palestinians. Welcome to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. It'll be a double-duty day for me today. After this show today, I'll be filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. So I'll be on till 9 o'clock tonight. Hope you'll join me for that, and we'll do a lot. And obviously, we'll take Levin's first hour live on the show as we do whenever I fill in for him. So we'll be starting at the Mark Levin Show at 6 p.m. today. A lot going on in the world, even though it's a slower week. I'll tell you, one of the things that is uh, absolutely amazing right now is that you've got a president of the United States of America, Joe Biden, who's pursuing his political enemies— using the Department of Justice, a weaponized Department of Justice, to go after and persecute the chief rival to the presidency of the United States of America, Donald Trump, going after him in every single way he possibly can, and also going after you and me, deciding that we're domestic violent extremists and using the weaponized federal law enforcement to go after us, silence us, censor us, tell us what the news is, tell us what's information, what's disinformation. And yet I hear from idiots like Joe Scarborough and MSNBC about how if Donald Trump gets another term, it's going to be the end of democracy as we know it. It will be the end of democracy. It will be the end of mankind. He will execute whoever he can execute. I kid you not. He says all this. We have the audio clip. He'll, he'll execute whoever he will, wants to execute. He'll imprison anyone he wants to imprison. It'll be just an absolute authoritarian regime. Now, obviously, these people are insane. I mean, this is MSNBC. This is this. It's an insane place. It's with insane people like Joe Scarborough and Mika, his hype person, and uh, and Reverend Al, obviously Reverend Al Sharpton. But give me a break, man. I mean, this is the same tired warnings we got in 2016. The same tired tropes of Trump's Hitler, and just like Hitler, he's gonna he's gonna wind up taking over the country and destroying our freedoms and 
and then execute everybody. Meanwhile, in real time, you have Democrats cheering on people that want to exterminate Jewish people and actually kill them. And you can't make this stuff up. You really can, cannot. Uh, 855-839-1210 is the number. So let's begin there, shall we? This is uh, lunatic Joe Scarborough with his hype man, Mika Brzezinski, as he sits there on MSNBC and tells everybody just how dangerous another Trump term is really going to be. Cut number five. Responsibility to, to really to tune out the voices of of the haters, of, of the people that are constantly uh, double shilling and triple checking and shilling for him and suggesting Sick. that somehow they're being biased. Sick. Bending over backwards, treating him like a normal candidate. <sighs> He's not a normal candidate. <sighs> he is running to end American democracy as we know it. He's an authoritarian who a, a court uh, in, in Colorado two days ago ruled that, that he led an insurrection against the United States government. He's charged with leading schemes to help overthrow the United States government. So so if they want to frame it uh, that way, that's fine. If, if you want to be fair, if you want to be fair, then you will frame this uh, as uh, Joe Biden being the candidate that supports American democracy and Donald Trump, a candidate who supports a new form of government here that's authoritarian. It's really that simple. And by the way, Reverend Al, when people go, oh, you can't compare him he to past kidding. Nazi leaders. You can't compare him to this past Nazi leader or that past fascist leader because he hasn't done that. Well, what hasn't he done? He hasn't done the things that the American judicial system did not allow him to do last time, but may very well allow him to do this time or a judicial system that will be ignored by Donald Trump and ran over by Donald Trump to create the greatest constitutional crisis of our lifetimes. Just because he hasn't done it yet doesn't mean he won't do it when he gets a chance to do it. Completely unhinged. This is MSNBC. Completely unhinged. But you see, he, he never did those things. We heard these warnings in 2016. He never did those things as president. But just because he didn't do those things doesn't mean he won't do these things now. And they compare him to Hitler still. I just went to the World War II Museum, which is in New Orleans. If you've never had a chance to go, I highly recommend it. It really is amazing. You could spend days there. There's so much to it. There's so much depth to it. But there's an entire portion of the museum that talks about the Italian campaign. Why did they ever compare Trump to Mussolini out of curiosity? Why is it always Hitler? They never compare him to Mussolini. And, and, I, and I just, I can't figure that out because everything that Joe Scarborough just described is fascism in a nutshell. And that's exactly what we have in this country right now under Joe Biden. A strong central government that uses its powers to go after its political enemies, to silence them, to go after them, to shut them up. And then to make sure that the people who are helping them get off easy. People like Ray Epps, for example. Ray Epps. You know that Ray Epps, for example, th this guy, when he was out there telling people, tomorrow we go in the Capitol, we go in the Capitol, and then they went, he went on a victim campaign afterward to tell everybody that uh, they were targeting him. They were targeting him, and the New York Times defended Ray Epps, and then he got charged with a slap on the wrist. Not even, I don't know if it's really, you can say a charge, but certainly nothing like the actual January Sixers. Uh when Ray Epps urged people to trespass, trespass inside the Capitol, he knew it was a crime because he had an outstanding warrant for criminal trespass in Pennsylvania from 2015. He wasn't the only one removed from the FBI suspects list. So what really happened? This is something that Laura Logan was asking on Truth and Media on social. 
But this is what I mean. This is this is this is this is the the problem. Right. When you have a government that will use its law enforcement powers to punish its enemies and then use that same power to help its friends, you have fascism, you have a police state, you have authoritarianism. That's what you have. We didn't have that with Donald Trump. He never went after Hillary Clinton. He never went after his political enemies. The warning we get from these idiots in TV is that, oh, next time, next time uh, he'll do those things. Not now, but next time. And they I guess we're supposed to pretend like we're all dumb and ignore the fact that Joe Biden is actually doing those things. And Joe Biden is literally using the powers that he has as president, his Justice Department, to go after political enemies. Donald Trump is going to be the Republican nominee. You know, I've I've said this before, and he's now expanded his lead over Biden in a 2024 matchup, according to some new polling that came out. No, look, I don't put much much stock in national polls, but the the state polls all say a pretty similar thing. He's beating Biden. So the United States Department of Justice is still going after the guy who is the the most likely candidate to the president of the United States, the most likely challenger, and to a guy who's beating him, beating him like a drum. And here's the other problem that I have right now. The other problem that I have is that that's why I never say mainstream media. We, you and I, what we talk about every day on the show, we are mainstream. What we talk about is actually mainstream. And you know this if you talk to anybody who works for a living. And they'll tell you, yeah, you know what, Rich? You're exactly right. They'll, they, they agree with us. They believe what we, what we say. That's why I never refer to the media as the mainstream media. I call them the corporate media because they have the agenda of their, of their corporate masters behind them. I do not. I, I mean, I, I work for a company, but that's irrelevant. That's not why I call them corporate media. I call them corporate media because they do the bidding of their corporate masters who have a, an agenda, and that's a lefty agenda. And so as part of that, how many times in your life do you feel as if you can't say something you want to say, or when you hear somebody say it, like me, for example, you nod your head and go, yes, 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 that's exactly right. Yes, I totally agree. I'm with you 100%. Our ideas are mainstream. Their ideas are not. This is the problem, though. This is the problem. And let's take the, 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 the corporate media for a moment. There is something that's going on that Christian Schneider pointed out at National Review. It is something called a tax, a link tax. And the major media outlets in this country will most likely benefit from the proposed tax, and they'll never run a single word critical of it. It turns out that... Um, What is going through Congress right now would force big tech companies to the bargaining table, allowing traditional media outlets to extract a mandatory fee for allowing Google and Facebook to link to their stories. The Journalism Competition and Preservation Act, that's actually the name, the Journalism Competition and Preservation Act is a bill introduced by Senator Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota. It would effectively make the local news industry dependent on the government for revenue, setting up a state-run media system that would induce any local paper to think twice about criticizing politicians who voted to stuff their bank accounts. Now, as this piece points out, the enemies of big tech claim that companies like Apple, Google, Facebook are getting fat on the work product of local reporters, while themselves they provide nothing. This is what Senator Klobuchar thinks. And, and clearly, there's a lot of people. Like the other day on, on the flight, this guy had a newspaper, an old-fashioned newspaper next to me. And he was a big guy, too, and he kept bumping into my, my shoulder because he kept flipping it open and reading it. it was a, a, these, these seats on these planes have gotten so small. You're, you're crammed in there like a sausage. But 
a lot of people don't get their media anymore from the corporate media. They don't read the New York Times. They don't turn on CBS, NBC, and ABC. As I pointed out to you yesterday, if you do, you'll learn 0.0 about Biden's scandals. People don't get their news that way. A lot of times, especially with younger people, they're getting it on social media. I mean, I've got people all day sending me stories, people linking to great things that they found on social media. But here's the thing. The, the, the corporate media hates that people got that Joe Scarborough bit that we just played you, that Joe Scarborough segment, not from watching it on MSNBC, from somebody ripping it and then putting it on social media. So they want to charge for that. They want to go after as, as a way of saving local journalists. So in order to save local journalism, Klobuchar's bill would force these big Internet companies to negotiate a fee with local news entities, local papers. It will surprise no one that most newspapers support the bill, as it could lead to a substantial windfall and reverse their fledgling fortunes. Now, there is no doubt traditional media outlets have been hammered by the emergence of the online information world. Talk radio has, too. I'm not looking for podcasters who are on social media to, to, to pay a fee. People have lots of different ways to consume information and consume media. My theory is if you're good, you'll be fine. You'll be good. If you're, if you're, if you're good at what you do, you'll, you'll, you'll be fine. That's my theory. Competition weeds out people that aren't very good at something. But corporate media doesn't like competition, and they don't like the idea that there are now all of these other ways for people to get their media and get their news and get their information. And so you don't need to buy necessarily the local newspaper anymore because, let's face it, most of those newspapers are owned by other conglomerates. You know, USA Today, for example, owns a lot of, quote unquote, local newspapers in this country. That group that owns that newspaper group owns a lot of them. In 2005, U.S. newspapers collected nearly $50 billion in advertising revenue. By 2020, that revenue had fallen to $9.6 billion. And that means fewer people working in the newspaper sector. In 2006, employment at newspapers in the United States topped out at over 74,000. By 2020, it had fallen to 31,000 with fewer reporters out there covering local stories. Congressional candidates like George Santos, Santos, whose outrageous lies went undetected on his way to election, may soon be a dime a dozen. This is why support for a link tax has swelled in recent years in Congress, he writes. California is looking at instituting its own. Canada and the European Union are also going down this road. So if you link to something, you'll, you'll pay a, a tax on that. One would think that taxing large, successful online media companies to subsidize smaller, struggling uh, ones is a progressive fever dream. But even some Republicans are backing this as well, like Lindsey Graham, who view the scheme as a chance to reduce the influence of big tech. So if they don't like something, if they feel like big tech has too much influence and they can't control it, then they, they, they tax it, they regulate it, they tax it again. This is where the regulation bit comes in. Ever since Twitter suspended Donald Trump because of the, of the quote-unquote risk of inciting violence after the January 6th Capitol riot, conservatives have been hatching up ways to regulate social media companies. I don't consider those people to be conservatives. I think that they are big government Republicans. They, wanna, they, they, are, they sound just like the left. You know, if you're out there saying that big tech needs to do this or big tech needs to do that, then basically what you are is you're just a big government Republican. You can call yourself conservative, but that's not a conservative position. As the Cato Institute's Paul Matsko has pointed out, most of the revenue collected by the Australian link tax didn't go to small newspapers, but instead went to conglomerates of media outlets. 
Of course it does. Because most most news today is part of a conglomerate. Let's face it, they are the days of mom and pop local newspapers are, are long gone. You know, the day that Clark Kent was working at the uh you know, you know, the, the, the newspaper as his as his cover story for living his double life. The day of the Daily Planet being an independent newspaper. Now there are some in major cities, but mind you, a lot of times even those are owned by big conglomerates. So so all this is is just another way to get money for journalists, quote-unquote journalists, and then it's another way to bust the chops of big tech. Think about this right now. Given that local outlets produce news stories that typically get regional attention, their cut of the revenues would be small, while it will still be the large newspapers that reap the biggest windfall of this so-called link tax that Amy Klobuchar and others are proposing. This uh, Journalism Competition and Protection Act stipulates that media companies of over 1,500 exclusive full-time employees will be ineligible for payouts, which would exclude papers like the New York Times, the Washington Post, and the Wall Street Journal. But it would include other outlets like the New York Post, the Los Angeles Times, the Chicago Tribune. The employee cap does not apply to television companies, meaning a multi-billion dollar company like Sinclair with 13,000 employees would be able to accept this tax money as well. And of course, much of this revenue would be going to the hedge funds that are buying up local media outlets and stripping them for parts, which is another thing that's facing the radio industry today is you've got hedge funds that come in and buy fledgling companies. And then they just it's like, you know, they, they sell the bolts and the and the microphones. With an incentive to get bigger, local media outlets would undoubtedly do what their Australian counterparts have done, which is start to merge and consolidate. If larger companies get more of the link tax revenue that's being proposed, it only makes sense for the little guys to be part of a larger company. Small town papers are already going extinct. Financial incentives to consolidate will only hasten their demise. In fact, as the Cato Institute has noted... There could not possibly be a worse time for this kind of attacks, given that big tech companies are already trying to rid their platforms of third-party news content. In an effort to force users to share more content on his site and not drive readers elsewhere, Elon Musk has removed headlines from news links shared on Twitter and reduced the reach of stories known as throttling, which is shared from papers like the New York Times. I mean, it's smart, right? He wants to keep you on Twitter. He doesn't want you clicking on a link that takes you back to the New York Times. And for a lot of people, if there's a paywall, they're just not going to look at it anyway. They're going to go right by it. I can't tell you how many times I get a story and I hit a paywall and I, I'm, not, I'm not giving them the, do, the dollar for my seven-day trial, which then converts to $200 a year. I'm not, I'm not doing it, so I'm just not going to read the story. Why should I? There's a, I spend every day trying to figure out what I'm not going to talk about because there's just so much information all the time. So why the hell would I pay to get information? And it's not because I'm opposed to it. If I, I will pay if it's good, but I'm not going to necessarily pay to read one story when I otherwise don't want to give that newspaper my hard-earned money. If they write a good story but I don't have access to it because of a paywall, oh, okay, that's too bad. I'm, I'm still not giving the Washington Post or the New York Times my money. And you see, there are a lot of people that have that same mindset. And as a result of that now, when you can get pretty much the same information online, you can have people share with you. They'll send you tweets. Have, hey, do you follow this person on Twitter? Do you follow that person on Twitter? And then what happens, of course, is that the, the, the corporate journalists and their masters, they get very, very upset by that. 
So what's happening right now is that Google has recently laid off a number of employees in its news division, leading publishers to note that traffic from the search engine is down. And as the New York Times recently put it, the major online platforms are breaking up with the news. You know why, too? You have a lot of, I would say, citizen journalists who are out there fighting the good fight every day to bring you information that a lot of times the corporate media will never touch. I mean, how many times on this show do you hear stories that you would never hear on the corporate media, ever? So that's the other problem, too, is that many times the corporate media is so filtered through the quote-unquote mainstream lens of what they think is mainstream, you wind up missing some really good stuff. That's why you come to talk radio, to hear stuff that you just typically won't hear other ways, other where, and, you, and you'll get it processed and broken down in a different way to look at it as well. I don't, I don't have to give you the corporate line on something. I can just give you the truth, which is why you're here. Now, listen, Cherry Hill Volvo is the studio sponsor. So every day we broadcast live from the Cherry Hill Volvo studios. And, you know, it's always an honor for me to do so because I absolutely love our partnership and our friendship with Cherry Hill Volvo. They're right on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. Already they have aggressive pricing promotions for you and your family. But they're about to get even better because Cherry Hill Volvo is going through a renovation. It's been a family dealership since the 1960s when Judah's father started it, but now they're going to do a massive renovation. And as part of that, they have to move some cars to make room for the construction equipment. So this is your time to get to capitalize on, on the already aggressive pricing with even new promotions, including $1,000 off all new Volvos plus owner loyalty, $2,000 off if you use Volvo car financing or leasing, $7,500 off if you get a Volvo plug-in. The beautiful part about it, of course is that you will get exceptional customer experience. Judith Krupnik prides herself on that. So does Yosef, the entire sales team, giving you what you deserve, which is an outstanding customer experience. So go see them today. They're right on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. The minutes over the bridge, they are by far the region's most accessible Volvo dealership, and they would love to see you. So don't wait. Cherry Hill Volvo on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. Remember, an extra an extra $1,000 off new Volvos, an extra 2000 off if you use Volvo car financing or Volvo leasing. At Cherry Hill Volvo, where relationships matter. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. The Zioli Show, on your schedule. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. All righty, it is um, right before Thanksgiving. The craziness about to ensue. Good luck as you're getting ready to travel. Good luck. There's a lot uh, a lot of people hitting the roads already. It's going to be a busy travel season, obviously. But I can tell you, though, that uh, the price of food has gone up, despite the lies by the White House and the corporate media, pretending like everything's fine, pretending like you're not paying more this year. You know that. You, you know we are. Everybody knows we are, right? White House claims Thanksgiving meal prices are down. That's a bunch of BS. That's not the whole story. Daily Wire had a piece on this. White House claimed on Monday, the, the Fembot came out and said that Thanksgiving meal costs were down. And while the average cost of a turkey, typical side dishes and desserts have come down slightly from 2022's record high, they are still well above pre-pan levels. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre Fembot opened Monday's briefing with a list of Thanksgiving staples from turkey and cranberries to car rentals and airfare and showed the percentage by which the prices had come down. And while the prices have come down compared to 2022, Prices are still higher than they were in previous years, particularly before COVID. According to a report published by the American Farm Bureau Federation, the average cost for a Thanksgiving meal for 10 people in 2023 is $61.17. That's down 4.5% from 2022's average, but it's still up about 15% from 2021 and up 25% from 2019. So in other words, don't don't believe the spin here and the lies to, to say that this president has brought down the price of your turkey uh, is talking turkey. That's what that means. The decrease in costs, though, according to the American Farm Bureau Federation, was primarily driven by a lower price for turkeys. Given its prominence, the turkey is the true driver of Thanksgiving dinner prices. This year's drop in turkey prices is attributable to a decrease of avian influenza cases and the resulting recovery in the turkey flock. Ah, did the White House Fembot share that little tidbit with you? Nope. Did you know that? No. Did I mean, Avian flu. Who, who would think that avian flu has something to do with turkeys and Thanksgiving costs? Remember? I mean, who would think that? But this is, this is, the, this is what I mean about the, the, the lies that are told and then repeated by the corporate media. How many times did the corporate media insist that your Thanksgiving dinner this year is cheaper than last year? And a way to attribute it to Joe Biden and the administration. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the fact there's more turkeys now. They had to slaughter less turkeys because there's less bird flu outbreaks. So, the, so the, the driver of all of everything around your Thanksgiving table on Thursday, assuming you're having turkey, because I know that there's a controversy uh, that radio talk show host Jesse Kelly started when he said that nobody really wants turkey. Do something special, which has caused you know the Internet to explode. But if you are doing turkey, which we are, because I'm a, I'm a traditionalist, and I deep fry that bird, it comes out beautiful crisp after a 48-hour buttermilk brine. You can't beat it. Trust me, you'll love it. You would love it. And I would do it in the wood-fired pizza oven, but the pizza oven is not in yet. So I can't do that this year. So I'll, I'll be going the deep fry route. And, you know, back when I used to work with Dawn, she would do stories every day leading up to that about people who burn their house down. And the way I look at it is that's just, that's evolution. If you burn your house down deep frying a turkey, you just, you're, you're just a dumb person. You don't deserve the house. There's no other way to put it. You don't do it inside. You don't do it close to the house. And you'll be fine. 
and you wear gloves and you <laughs> take precautions, obviously, and you make sure the bird's not frozen because if you drop a frozen turkey into a, 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 a boiling thing of hot peanut oil, it will shoot up to the moon and probably bring down a plane. So you don't do those things. But if you're an intelligent person, you know this. So I don't need warnings. I don't need warnings from, from news people. I don't need warnings from the government. I know this. I have been deep frying a turkey for the last, I don't know, maybe 15 years with a couple exceptions here and there. I've never burned down my house. I've never even got a burn. Never. Not one time. And it's a beautiful way to do it because it crisps up the skin. It keeps the bird freaking moist and juicy and delicious. Where was I going with this? Oh, yes. But if you're not doing turkey because you want to do something different, I understand that. Like, let me pull the gentleman on the show. Let me ask my executive producer, Matt DeSantis. So you, you guys doing turkey this year? Uh, yes, my mom okay. is cooking a turkey. Uh, I will ad- admit, though, I'm not a big turkey fan. Fair enough. All right. Uh, uh, Henry, you turkey this year? Yeah, we are doing a turkey as well, but I, I'm in agreement with Matt. I, if there were ever a time that a ham would substitute a turkey, I'd be okay with that. Love a good ham. Now, how many times do you get turkey sandwiches? Me? Yeah. Uh, irregularly. Um, but I, turkey and cheese point, hoagie? Yeah, you'll I'll, never get a turkey I, and cheese yeah, hoagie? Yeah, I'll get it occasionally, mm-hmm. yeah. That's- See, I think people eat more turkey throughout the year than they realize. But I, I agree with I, – so I agree and I disagree with Jesse Kelly's point on, on Twitter when he said, nobody lies to themselves as hard as all of you pretending that you're looking forward to having turkey. You never order turkey in a restaurant. Why? I thought it was special. Turkey sucks. Don't be a slave to tradition. <laughs> have something special. Now, Matt Walsh responded to that and said, insane logic. Nobody has eggnog in July. Does that mean eggnog isn't delicious? You would never eat a funnel cake unless you're at a carnival or a boardwalk, yet funnel cake is fantastic. Some foods just have to be enjoyed in very specific contexts. I agree with that. I think turkey's one of them. But I also think, though, that the problem is that most people don't know how to cook a turkey because they, they bake it. And it dries it out. I agree with that uh, assessment, your assessment, because I've had um, smoked turkey before from uh, a barbecue establishment, Mm -hmm. and that was delicious. But the baked turkey is not for me. No, and my buddy Jay smokes turkeys, and it's amazing. You would delicious, absolutely delicious. But this comes back to a fundamental problem: you blame the food and not the chef. Well, I don't want to blame my mom because she could be listening and I could get, you know, uninvited to her Thanksgiving uh, feast. That's true. And since you live at home with your parents, it'd be very awkward <laughs> if you had to stay in the basement the whole time and couldn't come up for dinner. I just smell the turkey. And I'm not allowed to even enjoy the stuffing or the, the mac and cheese or anything. <laughs> now, I, but... This is, the, uh, this is the thing, that regardless of what you have, because I think the number two choice, if you're not going to do turkey, and I don't mean the vegans, like the people that eat the tofurkeys or the turduckens, or no, turdurkin is, I think, something t- t- different. Turduckin, yeah, that's a, a duck inside of a turkey. A, a duck inside of a turkey, which sounds glorious to me. Mm-hmm. And also like something I once did in college, but that's a totally <laughs> different uh, topic for another day. Uh, I think the number two choice would be a big prime rib that you'd get for your family. Now we're break- talking. Yeah, no, no doubt. And that's what that's what we do for Christmas in my house. On Christmas Eve, it's a traditional fish. Uh, some some years we do the seven fishes. Some years we just do like a nice, you know, linguine vongole. It depends on my mood. But on Christmas Day, we go with we go with rib. Turkey comes out one day a year. But I just I don't know. I think for Thanksgiving, I think you got to have it. I really do. Yeah, I agree with that. 
Like, like I'm not like, oh my gosh, you know, turkey steak. I like turkey. It's just, yeah. I, yeah. Like I had it for lunch today. So yeah, it's kind of something. See what I mean? You, you probably eat it more than you well, realize. No, like lunch meat turkey. I mean, there's a difference between turkey turkey and lunch meat. I don't know. I feel like if you, you know you're having turkey on Thursday, why are you eating turkey on a, on a Tuesday? It was there. A strange choice <laughs> by you. You've never heard of Turkey Tuesday? It's like Taco Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard of that. No. But either way, regardless of what you eat, the reason why Thanksgiving meals are down has nothing to do with Joe Biden. In fact, they're still up from where they were. When Trump was president, bottom line is your Thanksgiving dinner was cheaper, period. And the only reason why it's going to be cheaper this year than last year is because avian flu numbers are down. That's it. This is the problem. This is why it infuriates me so much, the lies and the spin. You know, the White House Fembach goes out there and repeats these lies. The corporate media picks them up and then they run with them. And then nobody from ABC, CBS or NBC News or National Public Radio or anything else is going to turn around and do an in-depth expose on the real reasons why you're paying less this year for your Thanksgiving dinner. Because everything is driven by the turkey. The American Farm Bureau Federation in their report, says this is primarily because of lower price for turkeys. And given its prominence, the turkey is the true driver of Thanksgiving dinner prices. Everything else is a side dish, but that's the true driver. This year's drop in turkey prices is attributable to a decrease of avian influenza cases and the resulting recovery in the turkey flock. Now, prices varied across the United States as well. The average cost higher on the West Coast and the Northeast than in the South and the Midwest. Because it feels like where we are in the Northeast, everything costs more where we live. It seems like we have the highest cost of living all the way around. But according to the American Farm Bureau Foundation's National Thanksgiving Survey, 2023 will have the second most expensive Thanksgiving meal in the survey's 38-year history. Let me say that again. 2023 will have the second most expensive Thanksgiving meal in the survey's 38-year history. A reduction of 4.5% of Thanksgiving meal was predominantly driven by a reduced cost of turkey, but also by reductions in 7 of 11 survey dinner items. Although survey prices have begun to come down, food price inflation remains a real issue and serves as a, cons- a constraint on the budget of all U.S. consumers. Exactly right. Exactly right. This is what I'm talking about. You and I both know this economy under this president stinks. And it, 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 to go out there and say and to hear the, them repeat the lies in the media that you're paying less this year for your Thanksgiving dinner is a flat out. It's, it's true in one sense. It has nothing to do with this president, nothing to do with this economy and everything to do with the avian freaking bird flu. All right, 855-839-1210 is the number on Twitter, at Rich Zioli, if you'd like to weigh in. Uh, but listen, after you eat, whether it's turkey and mashed potatoes or whether it's prime rib or a turdurkin, uh, you may start to feel like, all right, I got to get on track here. I need to lose some weight. If you do, you're not alone. And NJ Diet is going to make sure that they're there with you to help every step of the way. NJDiet.com. You will lose a contractually guaranteed 20 to 40 plus pounds in only 40 days time with NJDiet.com. That's what you should do right now. And there are locations close by in King of Prussia, Newark, Delaware, Cherry Hill, and online. 
with live online video consultations. See, NJ diet's different. There's no shots, no hormones, no prepackaged foods, no surgery, none of that nonsense. What NJ diet is, NJ diet's all natural based on your biochemistry, your body chemistry, and that's why it works. That's why it works. So please, don't wait. Get started today. 20 to 40 plus pounds, contractually guaranteed in only 40 days' time with njdiet.com njdiet.com and lose the weight for good. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. Alright, so money is obviously a huge driver in politics, no question about it. But you see the battle that we're up against every day. right? Every day we are battling a, a corporate media entity that is trying to cover for this administration every single day. And we are also dealing with a corporate media that works to destroy enemies just like the government does. And in the four o'clock hour, I'm gonna get into this a little bit with you. My friend Tracy Beans from Uncover DC has a great piece about what's going on with Elon Musk and Media Matters and the lies that were told about Elon Musk. And I'm gonna share that with you as well as they try to paint him as an anti-Semite. Here's something else too. And this is an important point. The, the king of New Jersey, King Philip the Unaccountable, his royal highness, his wife is running for U.S. Senate. And she has come out recently and she's come out and she's, she's proposed legislation. Now, she's not an elected official. She's, she's in no way, shape or form any more than a symbolic person. The first lady of New Jersey is a symbolic position. It's not a requirement under law. If you're, if you're not married, if you are a, a man, obviously, you don't, don't have a wife. If you're a woman, you'd, you'd have a first man. It's not, but she's out there proposing legislation. This is because she's running for U.S. Senate, and they're trying to maximize the resources of the state of New Jersey, which your taxpayer dollars fund, to push her out front, okay? That's what's happening. Now, in addition to this, the king of New Jersey, King Philip the Unaccountable, who has, of course, as you know, he is banning gas cars. He is banning gas cars. This is something else that his royal highness is doing. But everything that goes on every day, a big part of this, and the reason why Democrats get away with things like the first lady of New Jersey using her symbolic office to elevate herself to the U.S. Senate seat. Your taxpayer dollars funding radio ads that have her voice in it. Tammy Murphy proposing legislation, even though she's not an elected official, but they get away with this stuff is because the corporate media is on their side. And when somebody is not, is not on their side, then they go after them. And that's what happens. Let's take Elon Musk, for example. CNN published a story about Elon Musk being sued by a Jewish man immediately following his suit against Media Matters. CNN coordinating with Media Matters once again to try to bring down Elon Musk. They hate him and they want to bring him down. They, they, they find Elon Musk to be so repulsive because he is a guy who's fighting for your right to say whatever the hell you want on his platform. And, he, and, and they can't stand that. Because to them, it's about control. It's about controlling you, controlling the message, and controlling everything that comes out. And if you have somebody that challenges that and allows people freedom, well, freedom is a scary thing because then people can share ideas and can share ideas that are unconventional. I don't know if you heard in the CBS News Roundup before it came on the air or not, but they made a comment that people who defied lockdown orders, it turns out, they fared just as well in some cases, even better than everybody else. Everybody else. That's what happened. They did just fine. 
they did just fine. But during COVID, we were told that science said you had to be locked down. Science said you couldn't leave your house. Meanwhile, there were countries around the world that were not having lockdowns like Sweden and others, and the people there were just fine. But again, we were told by our corporate masters and we were told by our scientific industrial complex community that if you ventured outside, you would die. And so what happened? You would try to challenge the orthodoxy on social media and they would shut you down. They would lock you down and they would make you be quiet. And that's what they would do. And the big part about controlling a population is controlling information. When you control the information, you can then control people because you can use fear as a tactic to manipulate people. You can give them good hope ideas, good good news here and there to keep them encouraged, to keep them happy with the regime. But if you if you give up the control of the information, well, then people can find out, number one, hey, the regime sucks. And number two, uh, there's better options out there. There's better alternatives. That's why you can't have countries around the world that have freedom when it comes to your ability to speak out. It doesn't exist. It's not compatible. You know, every time we talk about TikTok bans in this country, I think about how the TikTok in China is very different from the TikTok here in the United States of America because it's controlled by the state. So if you understand what the goal is, which is to have you under their thumb, then another way that they do this, of course, is to then destroy people that would challenge that. Elon Musk is the greatest example of this. Elon Musk is somebody who said on his platform, we're going to have freedom. We're going to allow people to come out and say things. And, and they want to destroy him over that. It's just as simple as that. They want to bring him down. He's such a threat to that. What do you think this whole link tax idea is all about? It's another way for the corporate media and big tech to partner up and join in together and control the message. Because if they can control the message and get tax benefits on the side, then everybody wins. This is why this idea is so dangerous. This is why the idea of taxing when a, a story is linked on a social media site is so dangerous is because it will ultimately, at the end of the day, it will help both big tech and corporate media embolden and strengthen and become even more powerful. And you'd have to be an idiot not to see that. But it's all about controlling you and controlling the message. You know, the media likes Tammy Murphy, but if Tammy Murphy were a Republican out there pretending like she's an elected official, pushing forward legislation, pushing, using her radio voice to, to sell herself as she runs for the U.S. Senate, she'd be getting destroyed nationally, just like Chris Christie did. Chris Christie, when, when Bridgegate happened, first of all, you would have thought that he was pushing people off of the bridge into the Hudson River and killing them. That's number one. And number two, when he did his radio ads after Hurricane Sandy and used his own voice, you would have thought that in those ads he was saying to everybody, and while we're at it, let's vote for me for president because of the, the way that they were all infuriated by the outrage. Nothing. Crickets about Tammy Murphy. Crickets. But I won't give you crickets. I'll give you the truth. And you'll hear all about that uh, when we come back. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli if you would like to weigh in. Listen, when it comes to everything we talk about on this show every single day, I am so proud of the great work of my friends at Emmons Roofing and Siding. They do great work. And I'm proud of our partnership and I'm proud of our friendship. And I would love for you to visit them 
Um, they have a design showroom for you in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. EmmonsRoofing.com or EmmonsRemodeling.com because Emmons got into the remodeling business too. And we used them in our last house. They remodeled our kitchen. They remodeled our bathroom. They did an outstanding job for us. And I would love for you to use them as well. I've been using Emmons for six years now for projects. And I'm going to be using them again. Matt and Stephanie dedicate themselves to trust and accountability and doing a great job for everyone. And you can depend on Emmons for that great work. All you got to do is go to EmmonsRoofing.com or EmmonsRemodeling.com and see for yourself the great work that they do. They serve Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, and the Jersey Shore. And you know how brutal Jersey Shore winters can be on your roof. So if you need an inspection, get one from Emmons. EmmonsRoofing.com, the company I trust, EmmonsRoofing.com. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. WPHT-HD-WOGL HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. All right. The question is, uh, who's lying? Media Matters or Elon Musk? I go with Elon Musk as the truth teller in this scenario. A big lawsuit filed today. I'll give you all the details about it. Welcome back. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Great to have you here. Later today, I will be on... Uh, I will be on Mark Levin's show filling in for him tonight from 6 to 9 p.m. So uh, please tune in for that. It'll be a lot of fun to have you join us. And we'll take Mark Levin's uh, first hour live here at 6 o'clock on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. So we have another two hours of me on my show and then 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. for the great one, Mark Levin. All right. Now, what is happening with Elon Musk? And um, as our friend Tracy Beans over at Uncover DC has brought out for us, and I really appreciate the great work that she does. I do. I think she's fantastic. I think Tracy Beans has been one of the people out there who's a true investigative journalist. She has been fighting for, for to bring truth to the times that we live in every single day. And I'd like to get her back on the show at some point soon. She's busy. She's very, very busy. But she's been tweeting out a series of things regarding Elon Musk and Media Matters and the viciousness of this lawsuit that I will get to you. But I want you, everything we've talked about today goes in the context of this. There is a battle to control information. And anybody who stands in the way of that control is going to have a gigantic target on their back, period, pure and simple. Let's turn our attention real quick to New Jersey, where the first lady of New Jersey, Tammy Murphy, is running for the United States Senate to take the seat that is held by the corrupt Bob Menendez. Bob Menendez is the chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. And this guy's got a lot of power. He has access to our highest nation's secrets our nation's highest secrets, I should say. He's the guy that knows everything. He's also the guy out there threatening people that he knows where the bodies are buried. I'll get to that story a little bit later, but he's threatening Democrats who don't back him. So Tammy Murphy comes out and backs him, and because she's the wife of the king and the king holds the purse strings, they're all now jumping on board with her for the U.S. Senate seat. And she is 
pretending like she's an elected official already because perception is reality. So if, if she can appear as if she is proposing legislation, even though she has absolutely no more legal ability to propose legislation than I do or you do, if you're not a senator or an assemblyman or assembly person, excuse me. But see, again, perception. She sits down at this table. She looks all dressed up and she proceeds to announce new legislation in the state of New Jersey. So what's, what's happening here is that taxpayer resources, and this shouldn't fury you no matter where you live, taxpayer resources are being used to help the first lady of New Jersey look like an elected official. So here she is out there promoting something regarding something that has to do with something, and she has no reason to be able to or no legal authority to do it anyway, but take a listen. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here. I have a vi- a lot of bass in my voice. Uh, and a special thanks to um, Ed Jimenez and the entire team here for welcoming us and opening the doors. Um, University Hospital has been a great partner for us, and it's great to be back here. So in New Jersey, I have spent uh, almost six years listening to, to mothers who have lost their babies or very nearly their own lives, um, fathers who have lost their life partners, and countless women of color who have told tragically similar stories, stories of not being listened to or receiving the care they needed and deserved at a time when they could not have been more vulnerable. And as we have worked to raise awareness of this crisis, um, as well as solve it, uh, I have seen New Jerseyans from every corner of our state respond, some with shock and outrage, others with sadness, but all with a determination to raise up these collective voices and demand an answer to their plea for racial justice through reproductive justice. Through our Nurture NJ initiative, we seek to answer that call. Anyway, you get the point. So she's pushing out this new legislation. She has no right to do so. She has no ability to do so. But it doesn't matter because she's a Democrat. So they'll push they'll push this and they'll say that it's OK, even though you and I both know there's nothing OK about it. There's nothing OK about the first lady of New Jersey acting like she's a state legislator. You know, I got this story when I saw it and, and, and credit to NJ Spotlight News that's pushing this out there. Tammy Murphy proposes new legislation to expand doula access in New Jersey. That's what they said. Tammy Murphy proposes new legislation. The first lady of New Jersey. But the New Jersey media is going to ignore it, just like the national media is going to ignore it. They'll prop her up. They'll prop him up. You know, the king had recently come out and he had said that he was going to ban uh, gas powered vehicles in the state of New Jersey. King Philip the Unaccountable, his royal highness. Today, he took a step forward in making that a reality. Today, he took a step forward in that. He announced that by 2035, all new vehicle sales in New Jersey will be zero emission vehicles with the transition beginning in 2027. Advanced Clean Cars 2, which takes effect on December 18th, requires manufacturers of passenger cars and light-duty trucks to meet an annual ZEV requirement intended to increase the percentage of electric vehicles sold in the state. This filing also mandates traditional gasoline and diesel vehicles meet more stringent emission standards. With this new rule, vehicle manufacturers must ensure that 43% of their annual production volumes in 2027 is electric vehicles. 
The percentage increases each year, peaking at 100% in 2035 and thereafter. Quote from His Royal Highness, the steps we take today to lower emissions will improve air quality and mitigate climate impacts for generations to come, all while increasing access to cleaner car choices. These new standards will preserve consumer choice and promote affordability for hardworking New Jerseyans across the state. You know, you know right now what the percentage of new vehicle sales in New Jersey that are electric cars is? One other percent? Want to guess? Twelve. 12% of new vehicle sales in New Jersey are electric vehicles. 12%. Sales of electric vehicles have increased 50% over the past year, the state said. So that means that prior to that, it was 6%. Now it's 12%. So now what you're going to do is you're going to have this mandate happen, and then you need charging stations. The state has funded 2,980 charging stations with 5,271 ports at 680 locations. It's your taxpayer dollars here. But it's climate change, so it's all good. It's, it's climate change, so it's all good. In fact, it's encouraged for, for them to push this forward. So the actions that His Royal Highness took today, and again, this is all about because Phil Murphy wants to run for president. So he's out there pushing this electric vehicle mandate. It's not what people want. In fact, people are 12%, 12% of sales. Why do you think that is? Do you think that if people actually wanted this product, the government would have to subsidize it? Of course not. And why don't people want this product? Why don't they want it? They don't want it because it's not something that is practical for most people with children and families. It's just simply not. Going on a road trip in an electric car and having to wait to charge it with the kids at a rest stop is not something that families with kids want to deal with. Bottom line. That's the bottom line. You know, one of the um, observations I had recently, a buddy of mine in the Navy, and he was saying how with all this talk of transitioning to electric – And we were talking about the fact that, you know, submarines, for example, have been nuclear powered for generations. These big these big boats that are out there now, these big ships, the Eisenhower, the Gerald R. Ford, they're all nuclear powered. And for some reason, even though these nuclear powered monstrosities are out there in the ocean every day, day in and day out, for some reason, we act like nuclear is the absolute worst thing. And we don't pursue this. Not even not even the military does. They try to keep it quiet. They're nuclear-class submarines. They're nuclear-powered submarines, and we just try to keep it like a big secret. Keep it like a big secret. And if you think about, and I was, this was struck on me recently, thinking about our own armed forces as we talk about the never-ending war in Ukraine, the approaching war with Israel. A piece in, in uh, <clears throat> I recently read about submarines in the Wall Street Journal which is written by Alistair Gale. And Alistair Gale knows uh, Alistair Gale's stuff on submarines. But the era of United States submarine dominance over China is ending. New Chinese submarines and sensors to catch U.S. subs will alter the balance of power. And for decades, the United States hasn't had to worry much about China's submarines. They were noisy. They were easy to track. The Chinese military, meanwhile, struggled to detect America's ultra-quiet submarines. Well, now China is narrowing one of the biggest gaps separating the United States and Chinese militaries as it makes advances in its submarine technology and undersea detection capabilities with major implications for American military planning for a potential conflict over Taiwan. Early this year, China put to sea a nuclear-powered attack submarine with a pump jet propulsion system instead of a propeller. It was the first time noise-reducing technology was used on the latest American submarine has finally made its way to a Chinese submarine. 
I mean, with all the Chinese intellectual property theft, with all the crap that's made in China on Amazon.com, it's a complete and utter knockoff. It's hard to imagine it took China this long to knock off one of our subs with a Chinese knockoff, but that's exactly what they wound up doing eventually. So they eventually got the technology. China put to sea a nuclear-powered submarine with a pump jet propulsion system instead of a propeller. A few months earlier, satellite images of China's manufacturing base for nuclear-powered submarines in the northeastern city of Huladuyu, probably not saying that correct, showed whole sections laid out in the complex that were much larger than the hull of any existing Chinese submarine. At the same time, the Western Pacific is becoming more treacherous for U.S. submarines. Beijing has built or nearly finished several underwater sensor networks known as the Underwater Great Wall in the South China Sea and other regions around the Chinese coast. The networks give it a much better ability to detect enemy submarines, according to Chinese military and academic texts. The People's Liberation Army of China, they're getting better at finding enemy submarines by adding patrol aircraft and helicopters that pick up sonar information from buoys in the sea. Most of China's Navy now has the ability to deploy underwater listening devices called hydrophones on cables trailing ships or submarines. In fact, in August of this summer, China conducted a submarine hunting exercise lasting more than 40 hours in the South China Sea involving dozens of Y-8 anti-submarine patrol aircraft. A few weeks earlier, the Chinese and Russian navies conducted a joint anti-submarine warfare exercise in the Bering Sea off the coast of Alaska. Now, the other problem, of course, is that in addition to this, China has also been rapidly expanding its surface fleet. And it now exceeds the U.S. fleet by number of ships. Although China's ships are generally smaller and less sophisticated, but a larger percentage of the United States Navy has been deployed to the Pacific, including some of America's most advanced ships and aircraft. The U.S. has also increased the tempo of naval operations in the region and deepened coordination and training with allied fleets such as Japan and Australia as well. But as all this is going on, you have to wonder if the United States of America is putting itself at risk of not being able to meet the moment. And by the moment, I mean the deterrence factor that is necessary when China finally makes a move against Taiwan. The deterrence factor that is necessary. The United States is behind schedule. Under this president, the United States is behind schedule. And China now has six nuclear-powered submarines. Once China settles on a new design, it could triple the current U.S. annual production rate of submarines. In its annual assessment of the Chinese military published this month, the Pentagon forecast China would have a total fleet of 80 attack and ballistic missile submarines by 2035. That's up from 60 at the end of last year. And China's building new piers in the South China Sea to accommodate the new advances that they're making in the construction of these submarines and other ships in their naval, in their naval fleet. China has built military bases on artificial islands and has some of the most ex- extensive surveillance systems both above and below the sea surface. Sadler, the former U.S. submarine officer, said China's development of more advanced submarines added to the likelihood of a military showdown with the United States of this decade. Regardless, the U.S. submarine force will certainly be in greater demand than ever before across the wider Pacific and with narrowing margins of advantage over its chief adversary. I mean, we're everywhere right now. You know, the United States of America, we are everywhere. And it seems like we have no sense of what our direction is. But what we do know, though, is that China knows exactly what it wants. And China is not intimidated in the least by this president. In fact, here's a clip of Joe Biden at the White House 
telling everybody that he's convinced that his buddy Xi Jinping, you know, who's got the goods on him, the guy who's bribed him, uh, he's convinced that Xi Jinping is actually going to do something about uh, fentanyl. Fentanyl is a Chinese-made bioweapon designed to help destroy the United States of America from within. The goal here is to destroy the United States of America from within. This is what what the promise was. The promise was, we will destroy you from within. And, you know, I think about that, too, in the context of, you've heard the controversy over the Osama bin Laden letter that's made its way across TikTok and other social media sites, and people who've been reading the, the, the letter that bin Laden wrote a week after. One of the things that bin Laden talked about was destroying the United States of America from within. It would, it would, it would be the, the goal of al-Qaeda at the time to, to lay the groundwork for the U.S. to destroy itself. I think China thinks about it the same way. I think fentanyl is their way of achieving that. If you can use this drug to destroy the, a country, and look at cities. I mean, look at American cities, which are really at one point were the drivers of industrial wealth in America. And cities now are hell holes. And a big part of the reason why is because of the fentanyl crisis and the attributing crime. China makes fentanyl. China sends it to Mexico. The cartels put it together and the cartels ship it into the United States of America. It's so dangerous and dangerous and deadly that there have been stories about the cartels cracking down on fentanyl because too many of their customers are dying. And the cartels are having a problem with that because these are business people at the end of the day and they want to make money and they don't want to see their customers die because if you lose all your customers, you, you can't sell your product. Nobody's going to buy it. But China is not looking to make money off of fentanyl. China is looking to destroy the United States of America from within. That's what the goal is. We are careening towards a conflict with China. I don't want one. You know me, I'm not a, I'm not a beat the drums of war kind of guy, but I don't want one. But I also see the political reality of the world. And I see how China is now buddies with Iran and also with Russia and how China is buying Iran's oil and China is buying Russia's oil and natural gas. And I see that there is just no sense whatsoever of any intimidation by the United States of America. They don't feel intimidated by us at all, not even close. Here's Biden, cut number one. During my meeting with President Xi, we took a critical step of resuming counter-narcotics cooperation between our two countries. It was one of the important things we agreed upon. In 2019, China essentially stopped direct shipments of fentanyl from China to the United States. But in the years since, the drug trade has evolved. It's moved from finished fentanyl to fentanyl components, like chemicals and pill presses, that are shipped with few controls from China to, uh, Western, to the Western Hemisphere. Chemical cartels use these components to manufacture this legal, illegal substances and smuggle them into the United States. So the United States is going to seek to work together with China to target the fentanyl components. Right. China is going to help us crack down on fentanyl. Sure they are. And Mexico is going to do the same thing, right? Well, actually, I do believe that Mexico will. I, I do believe that Mexico will disrupt the flow of fentanyl because Mexico would rather make money by selling drugs to Americans. Let's face it, they would. The cartels, which controls that country, the cartels would rather make the money by selling drugs that don't kill people right outright. I mean, fentanyl kills you like it's, it's, it's crazy. Of course, you can die of a cocaine overdose or heroin overdose or something like that. I'm not talking. 
obviously, but it's different from fentanyl, which is killing people left and right. It's incredibly dangerous. It's leading the cartels to try to crack down on it. So when Biden says that Mexico is working to disrupt the flow of fentanyl, I actually believe that there is more of an interest for Mexico to do it than China. China wants to destroy us from from within. Mexico just wants to make money. Cut number two. While in San Francisco, I also met with President of Mexico. Together, we committed to expanding law enforcement cooperation and intelligence sharing to better disrupt the flow of fentanyl and dismantle the violent chemical groups that traffic synthetic drugs in our communities. We've made record seizures of fentanyl at the border this year, intercepting these dangerous drugs before they can get into the United States to do the damage they do. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody believes that, right? 855-839-1210 is the number if you want to weigh in today on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. We got a big show for you. I'll be in for the great one, Mark Levin, later today. But we are broadcasting live from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios where relationships matter, and they really do matter, at Cherry Hill Volvo, right on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. And with their already aggressive pricing, they are now doubling down because they are doing some a new renovation project at the dealership. Very exciting. And that means a chance for you to save even more than they're already aggressive aggressive prices so an extra thousand dollars off all new volvos and owner loyalty as well two thousand dollars off if you use volvo car financing or volvo leasing 7500 if you want to go the plug-in route that's right but either way at cherry hill volvo whether you go a new or certified pre-owned or you do something that i do which is called the care by volvo lease program which enables you to get behind the wheel of a new volvo every five months you will be in great hands they'll take great care of you every single step of the way so don't wait reach out to them today just go visit them on route 70 in cherry hill judith yosef the entire team will take great care of you so this thanksgiving weekend why not swing by cherry hill volvo and test drive one they have certified pre-owned volvos in stock these are beautiful like new cars without the new car price and maybe you want to do the family car now that you're thinking about all right thanksgiving trips christmas around the corner holidays are here you need a new car for the family? Go with the XC90. It's what Bridget drives with that third row to get the kids around. Safe and stylish. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Cherry Hill Volvo on Route 70 in Cherry Hill is where relationships matter. They prove that every single day at Cherry Hill Volvo. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. The Zioli Show, on your schedule, from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. All righty. There we go. 855-839-1210. Cooking with gasoline today on a busy afternoon. A busy day. So what's going on with Elon Musk and Media Matters and this big lawsuit and everything else? What is going on? Uh, I'll tell you, I am convinced that they want to destroy this man. I really am. I am I am convinced of it. They want to destroy him. He's a threat to them. There's no question in my mind about that. Here, This is what we know. <clears throat> um, data confirms that Media Matters manipulated the algorithm using inauthentic accounts to produce false ad results. And Elon Musk has filed a lawsuit against Elon, against Media Matters. 
Elon Musk's lawsuit against Media Matters will be heard by a judge who was appointed by President Trump. The same judge, Mark Pittman, ordered the FDA to release the Pfizer files. So maybe we'll get to the bottom of all of this. As Elon Musk discussed in the post he made this weekend, Twitter alleges that Media Matters knowingly and maliciously manufactured images to show advertising where it didn't exist, specifically for the purpose of harming and destroying Twitter. Here's a complaint that was filed in federal court. Here we go. Defendant Media Matters for America and Media Matters, they are vile, vile human beings. All they do is troll conservatives and try to destroy conservative media. That's what they do. They used to listen. They would, like when Russia was alive, for example, they would wind up constantly turning around and taking clips of what he would say out of context. And, and they would turn around and try to get Rush canceled to get him to lose advertisers. And they still do it to this day. They go after Mark Levin. They go after, they go, they go after everybody. They, they are scum. They are scum of the earth. Defendant Media Matters for America is a self-proclaimed media watchdog that decided it would not let the truth get in the way of a story it wanted to publish about Twitter. I'm just going to call X Twitter for the purposes of this. Looking to portray Twitter's social networking platform as being dominated by, quote, white nationalist and anti-Semitic conspiracy theories, Media Matters knowingly and maliciously manufactured side-by-side images depicting advertisers' posts on Twitter's corporate social media platform beside neo-Nazi and white nationalist fringe content and then portrayed these manufactured images as if they were what typical Twitter users experience on the platform. Media Matters designed both these images and its resulting media strategy to drive advertisers from the platform and destroy the site formerly known as Twitter, now known as X. X is over 500 million active users a month and is facilitating free speech and discourse by enabling its users to share their own content and comment on message and other people's posts. Occasionally, a user feed will have paid ads, which are the overwhelming source of income for Twitter. Users have control over their feed on Twitter. They curate the content they see by following who they want to follow, which tailors their experience. Twitter says they also provide the option to forego the algorithm, allowing a user to view only content they want to see. Twitter says that Media Matters has been targeting them for a while. In the last year, they have published a series of articles threatening the platform's relationships with massive multinational advertisers and publishers like Amazon, eBay, Major League Baseball, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Nokia, and T-Mobile, to name a few. Just this month alone, Media Matters for America, Ponscum, they have released over 20 articles disparaging Musk and Twitter, and it appears that they are using the scoring method of the WEF the World Economic Forum. Here's what Twitter is alleging that they do. They manipulated the algorithm governing user experience to bypass safeguards that Twitter has and created images of the largest advertisers' paid posts adjacent to racist content, leaving a false impression that they were real. How do they do it? They accused accounts that have been active for at least 30 days, which... I'm sorry, they accessed, they, they accessed accounts that have been active for at least 30 days, which bypassed the ad filter for new users. Then they followed a small subset of accounts who fit exclusively into two boxes, those known to produce the following. This is what they did. I'll read you this from his lawsuit. Media Matters of America executed this plot in multiple steps, as Twitter's internal investigations have revealed. 
They accessed accounts that have been active for at least 30 days, bypassing the ad filters. Then they exclusively followed a small subset of users containing entirely of accounts in one of two categories, those known to produce extreme fringe content and accounts owned by Twitter's big name advertisers. The end result was a feed precision precision designed by Media Matters for a single purpose, to produce side-by-side and or content placements that it could screenshot in an effort to alienate advertisers. So by doing so, and they manipulate the algorithm in a way, you're Nike, and it looks like you are right next to uh, a white supremacist. You are right next to a neo-Nazi. You see? This, is, this was the goal of Media Matters. And what they did, if this is true, if this lawsuit is true, then what they did was deceptive, and they knowingly put false content, manipulated Twitter's own algorithm, because you can manipulate algorithms. You, you can do that. I mean, algorithms are obviously artificial intelligence, and they can be manipulated. They're, they're there to you know, serve a purpose, which in most cases is to give you the content you want. But a lot of times, algorithms are also there to just sell you stuff, to show you the things that they want you to see. I mean, algorithms have all kinds of ways. And Twitter's algorithm is unique in that it does let you coordinate your experience. Unlike other sites that don't give you the ability to do that, Twitter's algorithm does. So they were able to manipulate it, according to the lawsuit, take advantage of it, and then do that as a way to intimidate big advertisers. You better stay away because look at the kind of content you're coming up next to. You're coming up next to a neo-Nazi. You're coming up next to a white supremacist. See, the same way they tried to cancel conservative talk radio years ago, I mean, they still do, but years ago when they went after conservative talk, what they did is they would take snippets of things, they would send it out to corporations, and those corporations that would advertise and talk radio, radio, they would used to come out and put things like, this cannot run during this time spot, this cannot run in this show. And so then you had a bunch of hosts walking on eggshells because they were terrified that they were going to wind up getting canceled. That's what Media Matters used to do. So there would be advertisers who would they would buy on the station, for example. But I remember this back then. They would say, you know, this ad cannot play during 12 to 3 p.m. Back when Rush was on. Uh, You know, this can't play during this can only play during these hours. And they would do this kind of crap because the companies faced pressure that, oh, look, you know, they're going to be heard next to content like this. What Media Matters would do back then is they would take a snippet of something that, say, Rush would say they would send it to them with their ad and make it sound like it was just back to back. And obviously what they were taking from Rush was out of context anyway, but they're doing the exact same thing. I mean, if you were to look at what Media Matters has done here is they, they are representing Twitter as being something that is entirely driven by mostly white supremacists and extremists. Now that's a very small part, very, very almost microscopic part of who actually uses the platform. But if you're working for a big corporation, you get very, very scared easily and you're always trying to be woke. You don't want your DEI score to suffer. So you don't want to be next to them. And if somebody turns around and shows that your, your ad is next to a white supremacist, ooh, you see what I mean? This is what they were doing. And this is at a time when corporate America is trying to be as woke as they possibly can, even in the wake of Target's disaster with going woke and you know, tuck it onesies for kids or tuck it bathing suits for little boys and pride onesies. Target's back at it again with pride Christmas. I'll get into that for you. But when, 
when they didn't realize what when that didn't produce the results that they desired media matters manipulated the platform again by endlessly scrolling and refreshing the hand selected accounts generating between 13 and 15 times more ads per hour than normally viewed until it finally received the pages it wanted media matters didn't tell anyone what they had done they published the piece they the way they wanted it to look they didn't provide context about the extraordinary rarity that this could happen they did this to target advertisers and force them to remove their ad dollars from twitter and the deception worked apple comcast nbc universal and ibm pulled their content with only oracle sticking around literally the only people who saw these ads placed next to these incendiary posts were media matters for america but it doesn't matter you take a screenshot you send it to them perceptions reality look at your ad next to the white supremacist account Literally, the only people who saw those ads, literally, were Media Matters for America because the algorithm was giving them what they wanted. They were manipulating the algorithm to see the results for the purpose of taking screen grabs, to send to corporations to say to them, do you want to keep advertising on this platform? Look at where your ads are showing up. The only way those ads were showing up there is because Media Matters for America had infiltrated these accounts and manipulated the algorithm to see these things. Now, this is what Twitter does to protect their advertisers. The, because out of, out of 500 uh, million monthly users, the only people who saw them were Media Matters of America. Twitter applies default protections to prevent ads from being placed next to violative content. They provide advertisers with opt-in options that allow advertisers to further tailor and address any concerns they may have. Media Matters skirted all these usual protections by specifically creating an account designed specifically to evade normal safeguards and manipulate the system. They set that account to follow only 30 users, which is far less than average, and they followed those 30 specifically known for posting controversial content. 100% of the accounts that Media Matters for America followed were fringe accounts or accounts for large brands, thereby making it highly likely that the two would cross. And when the two crossed in their feed, there comes your screenshot. There comes your screen grab. So then they published this piece causing advertisers to leave. And the actual impressions generated by these manipulated ads that Media Matters did, these ad serves showing where these ads appeared with these people, <laughs> point zero 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 nine zero nine zero nine zero nine percent of impressions served on that day. It's less than 0.0, .0. literally less than 0.0. 0.0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.
But this is, this is what happens. And this is what they do. They do this to try to take the money away, thinking that that's how they'll shut these platforms down. IBM pulls adverts from Twitter after a report finding they ran next to Nazi content. Lionsgate Entertainment has suspended all advertising on Twitter effective immediately, a company spokesperson said by email. Exclusive, Apple to pause advertising on Twitter after Musk backs anti-Semitic post. Along with Apple and Lionsgate, Disney has also paused advertising on Twitter. Media companies like Disney and Warner Brothers Discovery are pausing ad spends on Twitter amid reports of rising anti-Semitism on the platform. These are vile people. Can confirm Paramount Global is suspending too. It's a deluge. Apple, Disney, Warner, Paramount Global, and Lionsgate pausing advertising on X after this article came out showing that their content was being viewed by and seen next to these white supremacist accounts, these extremist accounts. This was an absolute manipulation on the part of Media Matters. And the New York Times, of course, the corporate media joining in, dutifully doing this because, again, they want to destroy Elon Musk. He allows free speech, and he's a threat to their newspaper. And you don't even have to pay for the New York Times anymore. And why should you? So this is the New York Times story they wrote. More advertisers halt spending on X and growing backlash against Musk. Warner Brothers and Sony have joined other companies in pausing spending on X over Elon Musk's endorsement of an anti-Semitic post. They all went with it. They all went with this. And you see, the story that Media Matters wrote by Eric Hananaki, as Musk endorses anti-Semitic conspiracy theory, Twitter has been placing ads for Apple, Bravo, IBM, Oracle, and Xfinity next to pro-Nazi content. That's a lie. They manipulated the algorithm in order for the purpose of showing those ads next to extremist content for the purposes of getting screenshots to show to those companies so that they'd pull the ad dollars. That's the ultimate manipulation. But if you can destroy the company by taking away their revenue, then they get destroyed. And then they get ultimately canceled. That's the ultimate goal here. That's what's going on. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. If you want to weigh in on everything we are unveiling for you today, I want to tell you, you know, the holidays here, it's very easy to remember uh, the weight you put on can be lost. It can be lost, guaranteed, contractually guaranteed with NJ Diet. That's right, njdiet.com, 20 to 40 plus pounds gone in 40 days time with njdiet.com. I would love for you to reach out to them today because what will happen is you'll get a program designed for you based on your biochemistry. That means no surgery, no shots, no hormones, no prepackaged foods, none of that stuff. Just real weight loss. excuse me, designed for your body with uh, bioenergetic scans to determine natural supplements, diet that works for you, fitness plan that works for you, and that's why I keep the weight off. And it works. It's contractually guaranteed, so it will work. 20 to 40 plus pounds in only 40 days' time. Locations close by in Newark, King of Prussia, Cherry Hill, and live online with njdiet.com. So don't wait. Lose the weight for good with njdiet.com or call them today at 855-5NJ-DIET. You get the doctor's personal email, the doctor's personal cell phone, and somebody who's going to be there to help you every step of the way. And I know people have done this, and they've all said the same thing to me. Rich, it worked. I lost the weight, and I kept the weight off njdiet.com and lose the weight for good. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. Alrighty. Good morning.
I don't know if you're a big uh, fan of the Girl Scouts. It's tough as a parent these days to try to get your kids involved in organizations that aren't just completely indoctrinating them. I'll be honest with you. It's very, very difficult. Uh, but I have to tell you what the, the Girl Scouts are doing. They are hosting training sessions on internalized racism, according to a story from the Daily Wire. Yes, the Girl Scouts. They host training sessions on internalized racism and white supremacy culture. It's a four-part training, and it will be administered by a diversity consulting firm that embraces critical race theory. Four-part racial equity training series. And it will be for volunteers and parents focusing on internalized racism and white supremacy culture. Understanding and decentering white supremacy culture will take place on February 5th and will be followed by the final lesson titled Navigating Change, Power and Equitable Decision Making. These DEI racial equity workshops are designed for participants to engage in building a learning community, developing shared language and analysis around diversity, inclusion and equity, deeply interrogating race participants also interrogate structural racism and its historical construction while reflecting greatly on the way it manifests in our individual experiences organizational dynamics and systemic outcomes now my bet is matt DeSantis loves fruit loop cereal am i right about that i, hate I had a guess no i hate cereal you hate all cereal uh, all of it it's what? All disgusting really it doesn't matter what kind of cereal it is i think it's vile Wow. wow. I had no idea. I had you pegged for being a cereal guy. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. I'm not How about big... you, Henry? You enjoy the, the sugary cereals? Oh, yeah, I love cereal. I mean, I, I don't really eat it anymore, but when I have a bowl what, every once in a while, What kind do fun. you, like, what's your favorite? Mm, I like Lucky Charms, even though they make my tummy hurt. Um, mm-hmm. What? Because they're all <laughs> it's disgusting? Yeah. Cocoa Krispies is a good one. Uh, the Honey O's, not Honey Nut Cheerios, like the Honey O's. Those are awesome. Honey O's, yeah. Yeah. What about Fruit Loops? You like those? They're okay. Mm-hmm. They're not, yeah, they're not on my top of my list. Well, apparently Fruit Loops now comes with access to the Kellogg's Diversity Library, which I didn't know anything about, but uh, I saw this on The Blaze. They had the story about this. Fruit Loops, which is, I think, one of a sugary, it's got to be, I mean, you talk about sugar, as I look at this, natural fruit flavors, I'm looking at the box right now, and this is what Libs of TikTok shared. Fruit Loops promotes free access to a digital library on their cereal boxes for kids. The library offers a range of books to teach kids themes of equity, diversity, and inclusion. Kellogg's U.S. wants to indoctrinate your children with breakfast cereal. Stop giving them your money. Uh, now, in addition to that, you, you, here's the thing, too. You get your kids hooked on sugar at an early age, and you get them hooked on woke at an early age. You see, it's a double win. It's a double whammy. The kids become hooked on sugar. The kids become hooked on wokeness. And then everybody wins. And it's right on the cereal box. Our digital library is open and free. With the purchase of specially marked Fruit Loop cereal, internet access required. Content is suitable for ages 13 plus. Your family can learn how incredibly colorful and diverse the world can be with what is the Kellogg's Fruit Loops ED&I digital library. It's a free online library of equity, diversity, and inclusion, family-centric content, including books, podcasts, and more curated in partnership with um, some lefty group the largest multi-platform group of wokeness. So that comes now with the sugar. Smart, smart. Because I always read, I always read the box when I was eating breakfast. Of course, you read the box. If you're turning to two cans, Sam, for your uh, political beliefs, you're a loser.
You are a loser, but you're a child. You yeah. don't know any better. Yeah, you're eight. <laughs> like, you're eight. You get hooked on the sugar. You get hooked on the the garbage cereal. You get hooked on the garbage uh, content. You see? Yeah, that's pretty disturbing. Come on, come on, Matt DeSantis. You got to realize there's an agenda here behind everything, even friggin' cereal now. No, we're not safe from anything these days. Yeah, that that's super annoying. I, I mean, a breakfast cereal doesn't need to be politicized. Just put some puzzles and games on there like it used to be. That's, Isn't there supposed to be a prize inside? Yeah, a prize. Not, yeah. Something fun. That's what I had when I was a kid. We would go and I would find the secret Dakota ring. I would I would eat Cap'n Crunch. I loved Cap'n Crunch as a kid. Crunch and I would always try to get the treasure map. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. My parents <laughs> but there was never anything that. about diversity, equity, and inclusion. None of those things. I wonder what the prizes are now, like a gender-neutral bathing suit or something? Probably, yeah. You get a tuck-it onesie, a tuck-it <laughs> bathing suit. And Target now is going to have gay Santas. I don't know. Gay Santa, is that, is that that's a thing now? And LGBT-themed nutcrackers. <laughs> How do you know um, Santa is gay? Uh, yeah, well, I, I guess now Santa's, Santa's gay. What's the so. difference, well, though, between... I, I talked about this with Opelka when you guys were out. Santa's already for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, wh- why, why does it have to be something else? He's already because for everybody. Has to be something else. As long as you're on the nice list, he's for you. Right. That's it. Yeah, he doesn't skip, like, gay homes, does he? No. And in addition to that, they're going to have new uh, LGBT-themed nutcrackers, which sounds like, well, it sounds like a lot of fun, but it just, I don't know. I mean, I could see this going the wrong way. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm trying to find the gay Santa at Target now. I, like, what, does he dress different? I, I don't understand. Does Isn't he have Santa a Mr. Claus? Santa? Is that what it is? I think he was Rainbow or something. Oh, is he? I, a Rainbow, it was, it was Rainbow so, Santa? Yeah, it was something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it doesn't seem to be an image of what the Target Santa is. Didn't uh, Target just like. lose a whole bunch of money by going down this roke woke, roke woke road? I mean, didn't they? I guess they've learned no lessons from this. Is that what it is? Oh, I found him. It's Santa Claus with his shirt open. It says, love is love. He's wearing uh, suspenders that are rainbow colored, and he's got a flag that's uh, a rainbow flag. Oh, he's got a rainbow flag. Yeah. Does he have a gay reindeer? Uh, <laughs> it doesn't appear to be any reindeer uh, included, no. Why does Santa have to have a gender? Why can't Santa be uh, they, them? Yeah, you'd have to take that up with Target. No, I'll have to take that up with Target. I'll have to the, the woke committee that oversees all these things. I'll have to take it up with them, I guess. By the way, the rating on this uh, Pride Santa, uh, it's a 1.2 out of 5 on Target's website. Really? Yeah. What about the LGBTQ++ IA, every letter of the alphabet, themed nutcrackers? <laughs> I'm trying to find that now. I see it, but I can't figure out a way to purchase it. Give me a moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't have a rating on them just yet. Okay, you know, I want to find out about the LGBTQ plus plus IA every letter of the alphabet nutcrackers because it just sounds like a hoot. <laughs> it looks like the nutcracker has pink hair. Uh, he too has a rainbow flag and he's sporting a rainbow colored hat. Ah, uh, but I can't. but I thought Santa was for everybody. <laughs> well, you thought wrong. <laughs> 
Uh, speaking of companies that went woke and now have to walk that back, Major League Baseball. The All-Star Game will be in Atlanta, though Georgia law is essentially exactly the same. I'm going to share that with you, and we do 30 minutes of nonstop talk coming up straight ahead for you before I take over for the great one, Mark Levin, coming up at 6 o'clock, which you'll hear live right here, of course, on the show. So don't go anywhere because I want to make sure that you hear everything we have to, that we have to talk about today. It's a busy day with a lot of things that we are opening your eyes on. A lot of things. So, Henry, what do I have here? What do I got? Uh, honestly, you can use a skip here. I was gonna really, yeah. I was gonna let you Shocking. do it in the at the <laughs> at five thirty. Yeah, Henry was gonna let you use one. Of Henry your was skips. gonna let me use one of my skips. <laughs> that's that's nice. You are truly benevolent today. You know that. <laughs> you are benevolent. I'm gonna buy you a box of whatever cereal you want, buddy. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I get milk too, or what's that? Can I add some milk too, or listen? I'm telling you right now. Everything about this show makes sense in the fact that Matt DeSantis will choose Coca-Cola without thinking twice about it, Love but it. won't touch cereal because it's disgusting. Disgusting. And does not understand that, yes, even cereal has an agenda and is trying to take over your mind, Matt DeSantis. Everything has an agenda now. <laughs> I, well, clearly, I mean, I, I, yeah, I guess you're right. I, I suppose you're right. Even Fruit Loops has a political agenda these days. And did nobody catch my Superman reference earlier when I said Clark Kent living a double life at the Daily Planet? Did nobody catch that? I heard it. My daily superhero reference, and I feel like I completely missed it. I didn't know what you wanted me to do about it. <laughs> Clark Kent living a double life working at the Daily Planet when I talked about the link tax on, uh, on, on media and big tech. I thought your link tax segment was very interesting. Well, thank you. It's just nice to know that, yes, a day did not go by without a superhero reference, damn it, okay? Do you want me to sound like an alarm whenever you reference a superhero <laughs> or something? I'm sure that Chris Eppolito on Twitter or the greater Chris or the bachelor Chris, uh, I'm, I'm sure one of them would love to have a superhero sounder they probably already do on the on the thread so you know on the on the zioli uh, army thread on twitter we so. could give a prize away for like oh can you remember what the superhero reference was at the end of the show but we haven't had a prize in about a month and a half so yeah that's true they stopped giving us prizes actually yeah it probably has been longer than that yeah, you know, that's okay. We we don't need to give people things to get make them listen. <laughs> the last time we had a prize was when, like, Nick took a week off, I think. The last time we had a prize was when I found my Captain Crunch decoder ring, <laughs> and it had uh, a free ticket to the Napoleon movie that comes out today. <laughs> True story. All right, 855-839-1210. 30 minutes of nonstop talk coming up straight ahead for you. Don't go away. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, this is the drive at 530 minutes of non-stop talk with Rich Zioli. So it turns out that, yes, there is a war over information. We know this every single day. And uh, that's why the administration now is cracking down, cracking down again 
on big tech and freedom of speech. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 is the number if you want to weigh in on Twitter at Rich Zioli. It's funny, you know, I played you that whack job, Joe Scarborough, and I'll play it a little bit later for you as well. But to think about the authoritarianism of this administration, this particular administration, and what they do to their political enemies, and then to laugh at these people talk about how Trump would be an authoritarian. It's absolutely amazing. Here's a, a clip I want to play for you, though. This is um, <clears throat> Anna Navarro who is one of those little trolls on The View. Now, I know this is painful, but I need you to listen to this. It's important because they want to punish. The whole theme of today's show has really been how they want to punish anyone who allows freedom of speech. Now, Univision, 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 like any other media outlet out there, wants people to see their candidates, and they have a lefty bias anyway. Univision has a lefty bias. Do you remember the way that everybody went after CNN for having a town hall with Donald Trump? Caitlin Collins made her big name that night, got her primetime show, but they went after her. They wanted CNN canceled. Donald Trump was the first guest on Meet the Press with the new host, Kristen Welker. Why? Because Kristen Welker wanted to have a phenomenal ratings bonanza for her first show and who do you get? But the guy who's going to give you the ratings, Donald Trump. So Donald Trump comes out and meet the press. It's not that complicated. You want to get ratings? You're the new host. Your first day, you want to show him, you want to go out with a bang, you want to start with a bang? Well, you get him. That's what you do. That's what you do. And it worked. But then they wanted her gone. Then they wanted to meet the press gone. So you see, now the idea is that anyone who gave Trump a platform needs to go. And as Biden is losing Latino voters and black voters and young voters, he is the problem. But they're realizing now that what they need to do is to stop Donald Trump from having any way to have his voice get out there. So here's Anna Navarro. And again, I apologize in advance. You got to listen to the cackling hens on The View, but I promise you it'll be worth it. Take a listen. Cut six. What the hell's going on over there? And some folks are calling for a boycott. Why is Univision going through this? And what is the what's happening here? And I'm going to ask you what the hell is going on there? Yeah. I've gotten so many calls in the last 10 days saying, ¿Qué carajo está pasando en Univision? <laughs> what the hell is happening yeah. in Univision? Because look, Univision, as you said, is the giant in Spanish news. And yeah. in Spanish news, there's a ton of misinformation in our community newspapers, in our radio stations. This is the place where Latinos, Spanish speaking Latinos go to get informed, to form educated opinions to get engaged. It, they help people get out to They've been really great corporate citizens mm-hmm. and community citizens. Um, they have a tremendous co-anchor named Jorge Ramos, who's I been there for Jorge. decades. And they've got great credibility. I've seen many a strong man, many a corrupt person, leader, squirm under the questioning of Jorge Ramos. But they didn't have Jorge Ramos do this interview. No. They had a guy named Enrique Acevedo, who's supposedly a good journalist. I don't know him. But he sat there like if he was interviewing a, a panda. And, you know, somebody described the interview, a political writer, as so soft it could have been pillow stuffing. And then all the things you've mentioned happen. And so it's led to all of this speculation. And then we learned that Jared Kushner is somehow involved greasing the wheels with Televisa, the Mexican side that has bought part of it. So this is what I would say to television, to Univision viewers. Use your voice. Use your remote controls. Use your purchasing power with advertisers. If you've got questions, let them know. If you are disappointed and troubled, let them know. Because Univision has held people accountable. It is time for us Latinos to hold Univision accountable. See? Accountable for what? Having Donald Trump on. 
accountable for what? Having Donald Trump on their network. They said so they want to punish him. They want they want Univision to be punished because they had Donald Trump on. This, is he, this is exactly what I'm talking about when I tell you that there is a war to silence anything that goes against the media narrative. So they'll even eat their own if that's what they have to do. Now, in order to do this, just like how you have to get kids at an early age on the back of a cereal box, if you want indoctrination to work, you have to then control the narrative at the earliest age possible. This is why I told you, Tammy Murphy, who's running for U.S. Senate in New Jersey, the first lady, the king's wife, who has to rub that royal rug every night. Well, tap the, on his head, the royal rug stapled to his head, you perverts. Tammy Murphy was out there saying that we need to have climate change education. All right. Now, taking a page out of the book of indoctrination people at the youngest age possible, here's New York Governor Kathy Hochul. New York Governor Kathy Hochul announcing now that she is going to have her own class in information so that you'll learn what is really information and you'll learn what really isn't so that the state can control you from the earliest age possible. Take a listen. Today I'm directing the Director of Division of Homeland Security and Emergency Services to develop media literacy tools for K-12 through in our public schools. This will teach students and even teachers to help understand how to spot conspiracy theories and misinformation, disinformation, and online hate. Start talking about what we're seeing out there. Give the teachers the tools they need to help these conversations in school. And by teaching younger New Yorkers about how to discern between digital fact and digital fiction, we can better inoculate them from hatred and the spread of it and help prepare them for a very fast moving and often confusing world. Got it. So we, we, we can prepare you and we can make sure that your mind is well washed and thoroughly brainwashed and thoroughly vetted. Got it. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. So I got a note from Matt DeSantis. I have to talk about Biden's cake. I'm happy to do that, but I feel like we should tweet this picture out. Yeah, I can send the photo out. It needs Let me to be describe seen. it for you. So Biden is holding the table with both hands. The cake is looks like it's on fire. There's a flame that comes out, and it's probably a good seven, eight inches above the cake line, <laughs> maybe higher actually, because you could see there's well, because there's 81 birthday candles on a cake. This is actually a weapon of war. This cake is a weapon of war. If you took that cake, this could burn the White House down. In fact, I think this is what the British used in 1812 to burn the White House down, is this cake. It's like a trophy. There's 81 freaking candles on it, and it looks like a giant blowtorch. It looks like the blowtorch that they use at the end of uh well what's the what the, the hollywood uh what's the hollywood movie oh once upon you know? a time in hollywood yeah it yeah. reminds me of that the flamethrower <laughs> this cake looks like a blowtorch or like a flamethrower that they use at the end of that movie and once upon a time in hollywood why couldn't they just used uh it could have used two candles just the eight and the one you didn't need to actually place 81 individual candles on this thing I mean, you got drapes right there. You got old wood. The White House was built in the 1800s. It's, you know what I mean? It's a fire hazard. Look at the way he's grasping that table, too. Holding well, on he's terrified of that cake. I'm scared uh, on his behalf. All right, so should we tweet it out? A little caption contest on there? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll tweet it out right now. 
send your best captions. You know, Biden, Biden, he was around for when the British burned down the White House. So that's what he's thinking in that picture. <laughs> he remembers that quite well. And he's thinking about, oh, he's going, hey, grab the portraits. Because that's what I think Dolly Madison did back then. Grab the paintings and run. That's what he's saying to everybody. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. 81 freaking candles on a cake makes a an inferno for you. <laughs> His social media team really dropped the ball here. That probably didn't need to be shared with the public. No. Probably not, right? What were you going to say, Henry? Like, the cake has got to be, like, just covered in wax, too, right? Oh, yeah. It burns so hot. I'd imagine it just it's all over, and it's just inedible after that. Hey, by the way, didn't you have a Jamie Raskin cut you wanted me to hear? Oh, yeah, yeah. Here, let me pull that up. Give me a second. All right, and pull that up. Take your time. <laughs> now, while we're doing that, let me just say that I've decided that Taylor Swift is the lesser Kelsey partner. And Kylie Kelsey is my favorite of the two. So assuming that Taylor Swift becomes Taylor Kelsey at some point, and I don't think she'd take his name necessarily, but let's assume that they get married. Let's assume that this all works out. And uh, Travis Kelsey marries Taylor Swift, and she becomes the sister-in-law to uh, Jason Kelsey and his wife, Kylie Kelsey. Because I like Kylie. I, I heard this, how she she likes to hang in the stands. She's, I mean, she's the kind of woman who wants to hang out and drink beer in the in in, in the in the cheap sheet cheap seats, not in the suite with the foie gras and the shrimp. You know what I mean? So I've, I'm I'm dubbing Taylor Swift to be the lesser Kelsey girlfriend. Is that lesser? Because one's the wife, one's the girlfriend. I don't know. the lesser Kelsey uh, Gumada. No, that's not appropriate. I'm trying to think of the appropriate word. Part, partner. Partner. P- partner. There. That's probably better. The lesser Kelsey partner, Taylor Swift. So when people come to me and say, Taylor Swift, I'm going to be like, oh, you mean the lesser Kelsey partner? What? Well, because because uh, Kylie Kelsey is so much cooler. She's one of us. She's one of us. Take a listen. Cut number nine. The question we have to ask, your family's been getting a lot of attention over the last couple of years. Yes. How has that switch uh, flipped for you? How is it feeling? It's um, not particularly my cup of tea to be in the spotlight or in front of a camera. I was a communication major in college. I love to be behind it. That's my bread and butter. Um, But at the end of the day, if it creates opportunities like this where we can leverage my network and figure out how to impact a community that has been so, so kind to the entire Kelsey family, um, I'm so happy to be able to give back to Kansas City in this way. Will you be in the uh, Kelsey suite tomorrow? Or I in will the not. Stands? I will be in the stands tomorrow. I'm a stands girl. I love sitting in the stands, cheering with the fans, even if it's in an opposing team's stadium. Um, Travis has a lot of people who come to games, appropriately so. Everyone loves to support him, um, but it means that it's it's a tight squeeze in there. So um, also, it's fun to to cheer and not feel like the entire room's rooting against you. Yeah, good for her. She's a stands kind of girl. I like that. She's a stands kind of girl, and she wants to hang out with the real people. For the people. Taylor Swift wouldn't be caught dead in the cheap seats. That's why she is the lesser Kelsey broad. <laughs> that was the first time I ever heard Jason Kelsey's wife uh, speak or be interviewed. She comes off as incredibly likable. Incredibly likable. That's why Taylor Swift is the lesser Kelsey broad. We have the better Kelsey brother, too, I think. I find Travis incredibly annoying, even before the whole um, Taylor Swift thing. I find him annoying, too, and pedantic and self-righteous. 
you know, ever since that stupid vaccine commercial. But also, to the other commercials. He just comes across very, very arrogant, you know? He's on TV constantly. I, I don't need to see him every single time we cut to commercial. Yeah, and I, I happen to think that he's completely whipped by Taylor Swift. <laughs> completely whipped. Oh, she's There's no doubt in my mind about that. in that relationship. Yeah, it's, it, you know, and, and I mean, I'll tell you right now, Taylor Swift probably thinks that he's, at the end of the day, boring. How much you want to bet? I don't think so. No? No, I think he's a pretty uh, colorful person, personality. Boring in his commercials. <laughs> Is it too many vaccines? That's, that's poor writing. <laughs> too many vaccines. It's going to get to him. I'm telling you. It's weird that he has like 9 million commercials uh, cut this year. I don't remember him appearing in commercials before. And then all of a sudden he starts dating Taylor well, Swift also. Well, that... Weird how that... They've that, got one of the biggest podcasts slash, like, kind of shows right now going on with him and Jason. Uh, I mean, he's the, probably going to go down as one of, if not the best tight end of all time. Yeah, but he didn't get any... It didn't seem like he got any of this attention even last year. All right, save, save this for a podcast. I don't care. I really... <laughs> that's all I wanted to do. I didn't want to devote a segment to Taylor Swift and Kelsey. I wanted to just make a comment, well, an that's, observation. That's always what happens, though. When you, bring, when you bring Taylor Swift up, it always turns into something else. Yeah, so do you two do a... Why don't you two do a podcast about Kelsey and Taylor, since this is the thing that America's obsessed with? No one would listen to our podcast. Yes, quite, they would. Frankly, I would promote I it. blame them. I would promote it heavily. <laughs> I would recommend that no one listen to our podcast. Wow. <laughs> well, then no one's going to listen to your podcast. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Would your podcast do better than the Marvels? Uh, I think basically anything <laughs> it's a, would. It's a low bar. Yeah. The, the movie The Marvels, which is the Brie Larson-led Marvel cinematic movie, fell 78% in box office performance for its second weekend out and is currently tracking as the worst second week showing for any modern day Hollywood superhero film, according to The Hollywood Reporter. It's a sequel to Captain Marvel, and it is going to fall short of $100 million at the domestic box office. Failed to meet expectations in its opening weekend. I'll tell you what the reason is. People don't like her. They don't like her. She's the problem. The Brie, the actress, Brie, Brie, uh, Brie Larson, she's the actress. She's the problem, I think. But also because everybody's, I think, I, I don't know. I, once people started saying the movie wasn't good, and then people say, I can just wait. I'm not in a rush. Maybe I'll watch it on Disney Plus or something. I'll wait. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, but you know the reason why they're blaming the failure is sexism, right? Oh, that makes sexism. sense. Sexism. Because apparently men don't like seeing women in tight uh, spandex costumes. Apparently men don't like doing that. <laughs> so it's actually sexism that is the reason why the Marvels is falling. Not because it's not a good movie. Not because Brie Larson is a person that nobody likes. It's because of sexism. Even though typically what they used to do was put beautiful women in tight superhero outfits to sell ticket sales. And in fact, there are clubs across America that do that every single day and do it quite well. But it's sexism is the reason why that movie's failing. Do you see the point here? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> in other words, typically beautiful women in very tight-fitting superhero outfits equals money at the box office. So it can't be sexism, then that's the problem. It's got to be something else. Like the movie sucks, basically. Yeah, there's, there's no, no other answer for it. There's no tricking people anymore. Like, no, I, you can't trick people. No, like... <sighs> You can throw all the what? gimmicks you want out there, but at the end of the day, people are going to look at what people rated online before they go see it, and then... Yeah. 
Yeah. What do you got for me with this Jamie Raskin cut? I'm dying so, to hear it. Yeah, I heard I heard it on a Rooney show because I was I was producing for him lately. Uh, it was Jamie Raskin and I believe whatever Jake Tapper show is uh, discussing uh, the riots at uh, the DNC headquarters. Okay. Um, and the way he answered the question just. I think it epitomizes why, like, the younger generations don't care about what they have to say on TV and, you know, personally why I don't care what any politician says because it's just a non – it's a non-sequitur answer. Like, it made no sense to me and why he even brought up something that had nothing to do with the riots of the DNC. So, here, I'll play this clip and you'll hear okay. it. Okay. What, what do you make of this as a, as a, a Jewish American, a proud progressive, a Democrat – um, there's there's anti-Semitism uh, in the Democratic Party these days. Well, I mean, there's anti-Semitism everywhere these days, as we were discussing yeah. with Elon Musk. And um, I mean, we're talking about a problem that goes back thousands of years, obviously. Um, I was very disappointed to see what happened over at the DNC the other day. Um, I mean, I'm glad that there are young people who are taking an interest in peace and social justice, and those people I encourage. But for those who are um, somehow tempted to engage in pushing and shoving like, uh, Mm. you know, Kevin McCarthy um, in Congress, but doing it outside, I'm totally opposed to that. They should study the history of nonviolent movements in America. So the people there were these pro Hamas protesters were destroying property and he equates that to Kevin McCarthy giving somebody an elbow shove in the hallway of Congress? Correct. And I, I couldn't but like when I pulled that clip I couldn't believe it and I was just like, this is it's again like it's unbelievable. Yeah, no, I'm I'm speechless at, at stuff like that. Listen, this is this is why I tell you all the time that you can't eat cereal because it's indoctrination. All right. It really comes full circle, Henry. Bottom line. It comes full circle. I hear you. You're supposed to believe that violent protesters destroying the Democratic National Committee causing violence is the same as Kevin McCarthy giving somebody an elbow shove in a hallway. Got it? Just accept that because Jake Tapper doesn't push back on him. Did you notice that? Yeah. No, Jake I didn't, Tapper I didn't... let that go. It's it's crazy. They can just say anyone can just get up there and say anything. Now, Ugh. Cheryl Sandberg, who is um, a very prominent voice, she says that rape should never be a tool of war and the horrors of the Hamas terror attacks can't be swept under the rug. Israeli authorities are building cases against Hamas militants accused of rape and sexual assault. As some deny or overlook the atrocities, a former tech executive says such violence can't be ignored. The silence on these war crimes is deafening said Sheryl Sandberg. An Israeli official start to build cases against Hamas militants accused of raping women during the October 7th terror attacks. Sheryl Sandberg, who was obviously very prominent in Facebook back at one point, uh, says this cannot be normalized and should not be ignored. Reports of rape and sexual assault have surfaced quickly in the immediate aftermath of the massacre. But in the weeks since, many more horrific incidents have surfaced and been revealed through the testimony of survivors and witnesses from the footage of body cameras worn by Hamas and through forensic evidence collected by the authorities. Now, Israeli authorities are working to hold the militant group to account for the violence. But amid this massive collection of documented evidence, the country has still been forced to contend with denials and dismissals of rape or other atrocities Hamas stands accused of committing on October 7th. 
Sheryl Sandberg, a former chief operating officer at Meta and the founder of the nonprofit organization LeanIn.org, wrote an opinion piece published Monday by CNN that regardless of all the different sides and views of the ongoing conflict, people should be able to agree that rape should never be used as an act of war. Hey, listen, the only people using rape as an act of war are Hamas. That's it. Period. Hamas. She said, we have come so far in believing survivors of rape and assault in so many situations, yet this time, many are ignoring the stories that these bodies tell us about how these women spent the last months of their lives. The silence on these war crimes is deafening. It's time to see beyond historical arguments about the past and political arguments about the future to denounce this now. See, what she's doing here is, again, she's trying to say, hey, listen, uh, we have to denounce the treatment of women by Hamas, we can get back to bashing Israel later and uh, and deal with the historical arguments about the past, political, political arguments. We can we can deal with that later. But first, we have to bash this, which is good because obviously rape should be condemned. But you see, this is the problem, though. The problem is that you have a lot of progressives out there who are defending Hamas because they argue that Palestinians are the victims in this whole thing, even though this was an attack by Hamas. Hamas, like these other radical extremist Muslim thinking countries and groups out there, like the Islamic Republic of Iran, they believe women are property. They don't believe women have rights. Women are not equal. Women don't have equal rights. In Israel, women do. Women do have equal rights. You can't rape them. It's not okay. Sexual assault and sexual violence is not okay. So you see, all these, these, these LGBTQ++, IA, every letter of the alphabet, rainbow groups on college campuses, all these people out there, all these young people on college campuses, all these uh, pro-Hamas terrorists who are, who are vandalizing the Democrat National Committee, all these pro-Hamas riots out there, what these people are, are doing is they're, they're pushing uh, support of people who don't believe women are people. And that you can rape them and you can beat them and you can assault them and it's perfectly fine. And that's okay. And you're allowed to do that. So just, just, think, just think about that. Just think about that for a moment. And this is, again, part of the problem. This is the problem with letting progressives run the world is that they choose to ignore certain things if they think that group is the victim. So even though that group may stone gays to death and even though that group may, may stone a woman for committing adultery, uh, they're the victim. So embrace the victim, whatever the victim, they're the victim, period. And, and ignore all their dastardly deeds. You see, that's, what, that's the progressive mindset. So the Department of Defense, for example, could drop nearly $270 million in taxpayer funds to further the diversity, equity, and inclusion and accessibility agenda from fiscal years 2022 to 2024. The DOD has scaled up its spending on, it's now got another letter. So like everything else, they added another letter to it because God forbid something doesn't have an alphabet soup. So it's diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility. Because obviously, you have to deal with ableism. So ableism's got to go in there too. So now they had to add a letter. They always add letters. You can never just have enough letters, can you? The DOD has scaled up its spending on DEIA in the past three years, jumping from $68 million to $86.5 million. Remember the story I told you about earlier? How China is surpassing us with submarines? That's because we're worried about crap like this. Instead of the military focused on making sure that we have the strongest Navy in the world and that our ships can't be detected and that we don't have to worry about threats from China, we worry about diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility. Bringing the total that the Department of Defense is spending in this area to $115 million for fiscal year 2024. Now, if that is approved, 
and it will be, that means that the Department of Defense will have spent nearly $270 million on diversity initiatives for the past three years, an average cost of $90 million a year. Biden's Pentagon has repeatedly pushed for further adoptions of the DEI agenda in its operations. Inoculate DEIA principles across all Department of Defense efforts. That is one of their great proposals. DEIA has impacts on the department's workforce and its mission, and therefore it should be examined beyond the traditional human resource lens by which it historically has been viewed. Institutionalize the advancement of DEIA and the value of diversity to the department's mission. There you go. This is why China is kicking our ass militarily when it comes to submarines. This is why. Unbelievable. All right. Uh, we got a, a lot more to come, and I'll be filling in for the great one, Mark Levin, today at 6 o'clock, starting on his show, going all the way up to 9 o'clock. So make sure you join in. But I want to tell you about my friends at Emmons Roofing and Siding because they do such great work. I'm so proud of the work they do, and I love their remodeling business, too. And you will as well. Kitchens and bathroom remodeling. <clears throat> when they did our kitchen and our bathroom at Emmons, we were blown away. By the, by the work that they did and the level of care that they took every single step of the way. That's what Emmons can do for you. Just go to EmmonsRoofing.com or EmmonsRemodeling.com. They have an Emmons Remodeling showroom in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. You can see it for yourself. Or go to EmmonsRoofing.com or EmmonsRemodeling.com and see a lot of the projects that they've done. Roofing, siding, windows, doors, and yes, kitchen and bathroom remodeling. Now, they serve our entire region, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, and the Jersey Shore. If you have a Jersey Shore house, winter is brutal on Jersey Shore homes so make sure that you have emmons come and inspect it today for a free estimate just go to emmonsroofing.com matt and stephanie will take great care of you they will make sure that your home is ready to go so when it comes to a company you can trust go with the company that i've been trusting with my home for the past six years that's emmons emmonsroofing.com emmonsroofing.com the zioli show on your schedule from talk radio 1210 wpht in the free odyssey app all right, as we continue along here on a, uh, what is it now? I guess it's uh, Tuesday, almost Thanksgiving. Hard to believe, right? Almost Thanksgiving time. But I will be in for the great one, Mark Levin, starting at 6 o'clock. So we'll switch over to Levin show in uh, just under a half hour, which will be fun. So stay tuned for that. We have a lot to chat about on the national front, obviously. But I want to I want to share this local story with you. And that is uh, it's also national, though. It's both. I mean, it's it's both. I always the way I look at it is like this. If a story is national and has no interest to you locally or a story is locally and has no interest to you nationally, then I haven't done my job because Let's face it, you may not care about a New Jersey political story, but I think you will because this this involves New Jersey Senator Bob Menendez, who is the corrupt U.S. Senator, who is the chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. The very powerful Senate Foreign Relations Committee. And that guy still has access to this day to classified information. Highly classified information. That's what Bob Menendez has. And we know that Bob Menendez was helping his friend Egypt. We know that he was helping Egypt to get money, securing money despite their horrific human rights record, all about enriching himself with his buddy who was selling halal, halal meat, the the halal meat certification for the entire Egyptian country, the entire Egyptian country, all of Egypt, they have to have their meat certified halal. And this guy, Menendez's buddy, who had never done it before, got the contract to do the whole country. 
And he's the one that was feeding Menendez the gold bars and the cash and all of it. Well, now Tammy Murphy, the first lady of New Jersey, King Philip the Unaccountable's wife, his royal rugness, she's running for U.S. Senate. And all of these very powerful Democrats are all backing her now. Democratic county chairs, members of Congress, they're all coming out and supporting her because the king is vindictive and very powerful. As I've mentioned to you before, the governor of New Jersey is the most powerful governor in the country when it comes to just raw political power. He controls contracts, he controls funding, he controls jobs, all of it. So, these Democrat county bosses, they know where their bread is buttered, and they're not going to cross the governor. And the senators and the assembly members and the members of Congress are all not going to cross the governor. And why would they? To back a corrupt U.S. senator? Bob Menendez knows the only leverage he has, the only leverage he has, is that he's got the goods on these people. So in in your classic New Jersey political fashion, he's lashed out at his fellow Democrats from Hudson County, New Jersey. And he said the following, according to David Wildstein on X. I know where all the skeletons and closets are. I know who all the players are in and out of government and the issues most important to the people of Hudson County. At the end of the day, I don't need the party line to win in Hudson. No, it's a direct threat, a direct threat that I will turn around and I will reveal everything to you. There'll be no secrets. I know where the body, and this is because Hudson County Democrats, including Steve Fulop, who's the mayor of Jersey City, who wants to run for governor, Brian Stack, a couple other people whose names you don't know, but they've all backed Tammy Murphy for governor, for uh, U.S. Senate, excuse me. They've all backed her. And this is also because the South Jersey Democrats have decided that, that why not have a friend in Tammy Murphy? So they're, they're aligning with her too. The fact of the matter is, though, is that Bob Menendez, in typical dirty Jersey fashion, will go after these people. And I'm sure they're all as corrupt as he is. I'm sure they're all as corrupt as Bob Menendez is because that's how the game is played up there in North Jersey, in that machine of Hudson County and Union County where Menendez is from. This is where, this is where the game is played, and it's a vicious game. It's a game that leaves no prisoners. And interestingly enough, the, uh, the son of Bob Menendez, Rob Menendez, he won't distance himself from his father's attack on Hudson Democrats. Hudson Democrats planned a poll in January to see if Menendez's name makes him viable for re-election. Now, according to some polls that just came out, his approval rating after his indictment is at about 6%. Look, I have no doubts the guy's corrupt. Everybody in Jersey politics has known that, that Senator Bob Menendez is corrupt. And the chairman of the Foreign Relations Committee. And look, I got to give props to uh, John Fetterperson. I'm not going to bring gender into it, but John Fetterperson, he's come out and said Menendez should not be on that committee. Menendez should not be getting access to classified information, period. Period. The information that he has as the chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, far too classified, far too secret. And this guy's still getting them. Well, two months after the Justice Department charged Bob Menendez with bribery, conspiracy, and illegally acting as an unregistered agent of a foreign government, Rob Menendez, the son, has been unable to secure commitment from the Hudson County Democrat Organization to run on the county line for re-election next year. More than a dozen Hudson Democrat insiders, many of whom like Menendez personally, the son anyway, expressed concern that perhaps unfairly sharing his father's name could make him unelectable. Interestingly enough, there's another person who shares his name. That is Alicia Menendez. 
She is an MSNBC on-air talent, anchor. I mean, she's not a journalist, so she's your typical MSNBC, you know, lefty. She was walking beside her father in court, and she's she's she shares the Menendez name. I I mean, I don't think MSNBC is going to take any retaliatory actions against her, nor should they, of course, for that. And she plays the game. She trashes Trump. She trashes Republicans. She, she spews the lefty nonsense all day long at MSNBC, just like Morning Joe does, just like that psychopath Joe Scarborough does. So I'm not surprised by it. And speaking of Joe Scarborough, you, you know that Joe Scarborough's unhinged rant today. I played it earlier in the show for you, but in case you missed it, it's just it's so it's yeah, just it's have just a responsibility to, to really to tune out the voices of of the haters. How about of, you tune out the, the voices in your head? Uh, double shilling and triple for him. checking and shilling for him and suggesting Sick. that somehow they're being biased, bending over backwards, treating him like a normal candidate. He's not a normal candidate. He is. Notice how Mika is like, she's the, the, the sidekick, and she just sits there and she sighs and she just agrees. She's his hype man, I guess. Oh, oh that sigh. Oh. Running to end American democracy as we know it. He's an authoritarian who a, a court uh, in, in Colorado they two days be best ago friends ruled that, that he led an insurrection they, they, against they used the United to be buddies. States government. Best buddies. He's charged with leading schemes to help overthrow the United States government. So so if they want to frame it uh, that way, that's fine. If, if you want to be fair, if you want to be fair, then you will frame this. Uh, as uh, Joe Biden being the candidate that supports American democracy oh. and Donald Trump, a candidate who supports a new form of government here, this authoritarian. It's really that. Right, because Joe Biden's government is not at all going after political enemies, right? Like authoritarian, authoritarian regimes do. Not at all. I mean, he's not in any way, shape or form going after his political enemies, right? Not going after pro-lifers, not going after moms who go to school board meetings, not going after his chief political rival with the United States Department of Justice, not spying on people, right? None of those things that are happening. Because if that were, if those things were to happen, well, that would be authoritarianism, as you know. And clearly, none of that is happening because we we would not, this is, I mean, that would be authoritarian, as you know. Let's keep going with this here. Simple. And by the way, Reverend Allen, people go, oh, you can't compare him he to past Nazi leaders. You can't compare him to this past Nazi leader or that past fascist leader. Because... He hasn't done that. Well, what hasn't he done? He hasn't done the things that the American judicial system did not allow him to do last time, but may very well allow him to do this time or a judicial system that will be ignored by Donald Trump and ran over by Donald Trump to create the greatest constitutional crisis of our lifetimes. So this is just 2016 rehashed all over again. I mean, these people have no original ideas. We already heard all this in 2016. That Trump was Hitler, Trump was, in, he was Mussolini. How come Mussolini never gets brought up? I just went to the World War II History Museum recently. Never been. You really should go. It's in New Orleans. What, a, what an incredible place. But, you know, there was a whole campaign in Italy and Mussolini rose to power pretty early on. And the Americans, we also had to, the Allies had to invade Sicily. And they had to, they had to, they had to, the Battle of Sicily was very, very bloody. The Italian campaign was very bloody. How come Trump never gets compared to Mussolini? I'm just curious. I'm just asking the question. But it's always Hitler. It's always Hitler with these people. And we heard all this in 2016. And yet, 
Right now in America, Democrats hate Jews. There are Democrat politicians who are openly standing with Hamas. And Hamas wants to eliminate Jewish people. Wipe them off the earth, just like the Nazis. And the Democrats stand with them. So, enough, like, stop recycling the same tired old tropes from 2016. The same tired old fear factor mongering. Fear mongering. Factoring. Right. Because he hasn't done it yet doesn't mean he won't do it. Oh, that's the standard. So he had four years as president, and he didn't do any of those things that they've been warning us about. But that doesn't mean he won't do it the second time around. That doesn't mean the next time he won't do those things. How about what the president of the United States is actually doing? Is actually running a political campaign that is going after people, that is that is persecuting political enemies. The very definition of authoritarianism, like what Mussolini did in Italy, like what the fascists did in Italy when they turned around and they started to go after their political enemies all of the time. Uh, but I know, I know, that's silly, right? That's silly. To, to think to equate the two is just silly. Come on. And he gets a chance to do it. He's and if he is about. voted into office, then a lot of these Mika people just that says are these little, literal or... Let me just stop it. Mika just says these little, like, uh-huh, uh-huh. He just kind of throws words out there here and there in the middle of Joe's rant. And then says nothing, and then she nods her head, and then sighs, and then just, like, repeats the last thing he said. So dire. So dire. Figurative, or whatever the hell they're saying. You're going to look like idiots. Uh, because he will do, he will get away with, he will imprison, mm-hmm. he will execute mm-hmm. whoever execute. he's allowed to imprison execute uh, 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 drive from the country uh, j- just look at his past this man it's not insane. really hard to read only again the only thing that stood between him and the destruction of american democracy was the federal judiciary no doubt about it and, no and doubt I about it that, joe uh, when we talk about framing Let's bring reverend we talk about framing how about how about you framing people for crimes they didn't commit uh, al sharpton uh look you know the bottom line is this i i've i've had it with the 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 craziness on that that station but what what led me to this point was the fact that just bob and his daughter is on msnbc that's just what led, led me to make this point and uh, you know i i I'd be remiss if I did not tell you that the problem here for all of us as we're watching this craziness ensue is that these people secretly deep down inside, guys like Joe Scarborough, want him back. This is the, you're trashing your ex-lover, but you really want the ex-lover back. You know you do. You know you do. You miss him. You miss him a lot. You really, really want him back. Uh, Listen, let me tell you about Omaha Steaks because now is the time to load up on some delicious, delicious Omaha Steaks because there's nothing like firing up the grill. After you get the taste of turkey out of your mouth, you're going to want a juicy steak again. Am I right? Friday night's coming. Weekend's coming. Games, tailgating. Omaha Steaks makes it easy and you're going to save money. This is the thing. You go to the grocery store to buy your Thanksgiving feast, and you're realizing, despite what the media tells you, despite what the White House tells you, that everything is more expensive now. But Omaha Steaks is going to give you an extra $30 off at checkout when you use my name, Zioli, at checkout. So let me ask you, where else can you get 30 bucks off at the checkout line? You can't. But it's a 50% off site-wide savings that's going on right now at OmahaSteaks.com. 50% off. I'm talking about hand-trimmed butcher's cut filet mignons, the best burgers you've ever had. 
These gourmet jumbo franks my kids love, comfort meals, decadent desserts, side dishes, and so much more. And using my name Zioli gets you the extra 30 bucks off. This will not last, of course. So you want to go to omahasteaks.com. I'll tell you something else, too. In this age of China buying up farmland and buying up food companies as well, a lot of those American uh, uh, meat companies are owned by Chinese conglomerates now. They still have American names, but they're not American. Omaha Steaks, five-generation of Americans, five generations of an American family owning the absolute best quality steaks, guaranteed to be the best. And all you got to do is just go to omahasteaks.com, put in my name, Zioli, to get $30 off your order. Do it today. Thanks for listening to the Zioli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. All right, as we continue along here, I will be turning it over to the great one, Mark Levin, as in me, filling in for him in uh, just a few minutes. But as we get ready for Thanksgiving week, tomorrow's show is going to be an abbreviated show. It's not my fault. We just have a... um we have a basketball game tomorrow afternoon. And so because of that fact, I will not be on until after the game, which could be 530, could be 6, whatever it is. And then we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll finish out strong and then we'll come back. That's how we'll do it. But tonight, join me till 9 p.m. on Mark Levin's show. Jordan Peterson is one of my favorite guys. I love his, his intellect, his thoughts, the things that he says. And he's one of those guys who has been out there talking about victimhood and how dangerous victimhood is. And part of the reason why you see such anti-Israel bashing going on right now is because you have a lot of people, a lot of people out there, who have decided that the Palestinians are the victims. I think it's something in the mindset of a leftist where you always have to find victims wherever you look. There has to be victims. And so in this case, it's got to be the Palestinians, obviously. Now, that narrative is completely wrong. And Jordan Peterson told Bill Maher as much when he said the leftists, the leftists have already decided the Palestinians are the victims. But what happens is that they are then saying that well, being oppressed I is being good. I don't know if the Holocaust... Yeah. Well, this, but this is the, this is the yes. main issue. I mean, part of the reason that you see all this foolishness on university campuses, too, is because people have bought this idiot metamarxism, which is that the way to look at every social relationship that people ever have is through the lens of power. And that that is, we can put that squarely at the feet of the universities, as far as I'm concerned, is, you know, marriage is a patriarchal institution and business is nothing but oppression. And you have to view every single situation that emerged historically as oppressor versus oppressed. And then once you get that, which you can get in about two minutes, if you sit in a course that teaches that sort of thing, you have a lens to moralize about the whole world through. And then you see the situation is that the leftists have already decided the Palestinians are the victims. And as you pointed out, if you're a victim, then you're morally righteous. And even more conveniently, if you stand for the victim, then you're morally righteous, regardless of what you do with your own life. And that's pretty much what university students are taught from the time they enter the university classroom. And that's how they, you know, orient themselves morally. And that's at the hands of the radical left, too, Bill. And one of the things the Democrats also have to pay the price for, I would say, is their absolute refusal to draw a line between the moderate Democrats and the extremists. They're completely incapable of doing that. Like, I've talked to 40 senators and congressmen in the last five years. I asked them all the same question, including RFK. He wouldn't answer either. When does the left go too far? Well, we certainly bloody well saw it in the last month, didn't we? Because they got the oppressor, oppressive narrative, a little mucked up, we might say. And we're going to, the consequences of that are going to unfold pretty brutally over the next few months. 
This is the problem, though, right? I mean, the 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 left always has to find the idea that there are victims and then be on the side of the victim in order to to feel self-righteous. This is why the people have the I hate has no home here signs on their on their yard. The Ukraine flags that we believe in science crowd. They have to virtue signal to the world because they've decided that that makes them a good person. I'm a good person. I'm on the right side of the cause. So therefore, I'm a good person. And it's infuriating. It's frustrating. It really is. Because the, the idea that there are uh, this, this, that the Palestinians are these oppressed people has been a narrative that the left has been pushing for a long, long time. And you can't intellectually defend it. But that's the point. With leftism, you don't have to intellectually defend anything. It's all about feelings. How do you feel about something? Do you feel that that's unjust? Well, then it's unjust. Do you feel that those words are hurtful? Then they're hurtful. Do you feel as if that person's wrong? Well, they're wrong. You don't have to defend. You don't have to justify. You don't have to turn around and do a damn thing. All you have to do is just feel it and then be told it's the right thing. And then to, to, to make yourself feel good, you then go out there and tell everybody that you've embraced the right thing. This is also a problem in corporate America, too. And increasingly in corporate America, you see this, which is why employees are very nervous to speak out on things that they know is going to go against the company line. Because the companies all want to look good. And the companies are struggling with how to handle this whole thing. That would have been very easy for them early on to just come out and say what Hamas did was barbaric, atrocious, and we stand with Israel. But you have a lot of leftists who work in corporations. And so a lot of those leftists were giving the same narrative of what about the Palestinian people? What about the Palestinian people? Well, it's not about the Palestinian people. It, it, is about, it is about Israel destroying Hamas. And these are terrorists who happen to be embedded among civilians. But they are doing everything they possibly can to be humanitarian about this and to defend lives, to defend innocent lives. But again, this is the problem. Corporations are very nervous about that 20-something person that they hired from an elite Ivy League school who's heard all this nonsense over the years, and they're worried about that person, and they try to placate them because they also then think that that person reflects the broader view of America. Leftists do not represent the broader view of America. You and I do. We are the, we are the view of America that is mainstream. It's why I never refer to the media as mainstream. They're not the mainstream media. They're the corporate media. What we talk about on this show, this is actually mainstream thought. You know how many people come up to me all the time and say, Rich, I, you are so, I agree with you 100%, but I can't say anything, but, but you are dead on, spot on. You know how many times I hear that in my life, in my days, how often I hear that? What we talk about on the show is actually mainstream. The media, the corporate media has an agenda. It's a leftist-driven agenda. You know it, and I know it. Listen, before I turn it over to the great one, Mark Levin, as in myself, filling in for the great one, Mark Levin, I want to tell you about my buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, great guy, great friend of the show, and the master of dental implants. There is simply nobody better than Dr. Mike Venaria. That's why I want you to go see him, because he's going to give you a beautiful smile, and he'll give you a free consultation, and he has two offices to serve you, Cinnaminson and Woodbury, both right over the bridge so what are you waiting for make your appointment today he's a great guy great office great people great music playing and he is so respected among his peers for 10 years in a row he's been named top dentist in south jersey for a reason and people travel all over to see him don't let the new jersey part intimidate you he's right over the bridge like i mentioned but people travel to see him from california texas new jersey pennsylvania all over the place mama zioli comes from myrtle beach south carolina 
So make your appointment today. Just go to VenariaDental.com. V-A-N-A-R-I-A. VenariaDental.com. My dentist, my friend, and the master of dental implants, Dr. Mike Venaria. VenariaDental.com. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210. WPHT. And on the free Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 